Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Le Mans Cup on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Monza, a fabulous place to go motor racing and just three years away from celebrating its centenary year. Uh, They were here racing the year before the very first 24 hours of Le Mans. In fact, in 1922, this place broke ground and they've been racing here ever since then. Uh, Welcome to the Michelin Le Mans Cup then, the second race of the year for the 2019 season after that kicked off last month at Circuit Paul Ricard in the south of France. We're about 10 miles north of Milan in northern Italy and so far the weather is okay. It is overcast. There has been some rain between uh, right now and the earlier qualifying sessions for the Michelin Le Mans Cup but forecast is not great for the near future. We'll wait to see the extent of the rainfall in the next two hours. We are about 15 minutes away from race start and I'm delighted that you could join both me, Johnny Palmer, and Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com. The grid empty at the moment but about to be flooded with 30-plus cars. Here they come, in fact, down the back straight, Graham. Yeah, and it's the, well, now familiar mix, uh, great mix it is, two of GT3 cars. We have 10 of them here. Uh, for this weekend and 20 LMP3 cars uh, this the 20th race meeting in the Le Mans Cup Michelin Le Mans Cup previously the GT3 Cup of course uh, in the history of this a uh, short history of this uh, series and it just goes from strength to strength Johnny Palmer the 30 car grid we have for uh, this visit to Monza top 14 of those cars will be the LMP3s then we get into the quickest of the GTs they fill positions 15 through 18 then a mixed bag to the back of the grid Uh, it's going to be another corker I think it was a fantastic qualifying session again tiny tiny margins uh, between the classes yeah incredibly tight indeed we'll uh, look into those in a moment or two but sort of fitting that we're back in Italy for the 20th race weekend for this uh, for this category because it started in 2016 at Imola and then ever since then has been at Monza this is year three then of uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup visiting this part of the world still to come two races at Le Mans each of an hour duration Thursday morning and Saturday morning of the big race next month and then two hour races at Barcelona in Spain Spa Francorchamps in Belgium and the Algarve circuit in the south of Portugal not far from Faro Aston Martin from Beach Dean racing then working its way through the Parabolica and that is the brand new spec GT3 Aston Martin the Vantage AMR qualified earlier on by Andrew Howard uh, those sharp eyed viewers will notice safety car here is an Aston Martin Vantage as well that courtesy of Aston Martin backing the historic racing uh, series that supports the LMS and Michelin Le Mans Cup here. They've just completed their uh, first race of the weekend, and it was the fabulous loader Aston Martin that took that win. Uh, five minutes board is due out in about eight minutes' time, but uh, a packed grid. Yes. Still cars joining on the back of that. Uh, and this is fast becoming a, it's a real 
huge support to the LMS uh, package. We're seeing year on year the right things happening, teams and drivers graduating to the, the, the full European series. Uh, but uh, recovery this year, particularly in the GT class, Krypton Motorsport, the number 35, uh, Mercedes-Benz AMG GT3, third on the grid in the GT3 class. Zanatini will start this car, 17th overall on the grid. They've been done there. But the thing is, Zanatini, yes, third on the grid, only 42 thousandths of a second away from pole position. Uh, so it is that margin separating the top three, uh, half a second for the top five, and a little more than a second for the top seven. You want to talk about margins, though. Fabien Laverne uh, at the... Uh, qualifying session a little earlier this afternoon. Seven thousandths of a second he was off with two more flying laps to come. Then it was four thousandths, then it was three thousandths. That is consistency. And yep. uh, He was a stand-up performer last time around. Uh, who's to say second on the grid in the, uh, the GT standings that uh, Luzic Racing won't be in amongst it here with uh, this, the pole-sitting car in GT3. Pianazzola and Piccini. And uh, this, the number eight car, 15th overall in the grid, but the lead of the 10 GT3 cars we have here this afternoon. Now, I've not been out uh, of the commentary booth, Johnny. What is the weather doing just at the moment? Well, when I left about half an hour or so ago, left our booth, it was spitting and spotting with rain. That then seemed to ease, but there is a chill in the air. There's a little bit of wind around, as you can tell from the flags on the grid, and that's potentially taking the nasty weather from earlier on away from us or bringing more dark clouds towards Monza. There were, earlier on in the week, thunderstorms predicted for Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening. I think a question of when that weather will arrive rather than if. Are there difficulties at Cool Racing in getting that door closed on the number 74 car? I think it's been done now. And that is the Morris Smith started Cool Racing car from 12th on the grid. So the GT3s will occupy 15th, 16th, 17th and 18th and then there's a sprinkling of them further back down the grid as well. But quite a lot of overlap with LMP3s as far down as 28th position. Christian Olsen will start that number 14 RLRM Sport car then from uh, two from the back. And the first 14 cars on the grid are all the prototypes though and then right behind them, as I say, the first four GT3s. Again, a little bit of a uh, mix and match Particularly Christian Olsen, notably yes. the quicker of the two uh, drivers in the RLRM sport car. The other driver is his father, yes. Tom, qualified the car as the bronze-rated uh, man at the wheel of the, 40, of the 14. So it's, it's the bronze that has to qualify it, but the, the, the bronze then doesn't necessarily have to start no, the race, no. and there is a decision for each of the teams to make. So expectancy, Christian Olsen, make pretty rapid progress up this order. This is That's the 39, fun to watch. Absolutely, 39 Graf Racing car, top 10, Adrian Chiller will start this car and uh, of course whilst the all the cars in both glasses shot with Michelin rubber uh, there is a real battle of the chassis here between the Norma runners and I think it's fair to say Johnny Palmer expected that to be, uh, be a Norma on pole we'll get to well the spoiler in the <laughs> plot a little later uh, but Norma versus Ligier Norma many feel here if the weather stays dry will have the advantage very much an advantage in straight line speed 
and for the previous supporting race you can hear the national anthem for the winning team and driver in fact but we concentrate on the race to come Mark Crader installed in the number 20 grain market racing car ready to take the start from ninth position then that's a car that he shares with Alex Mortimer another Norma there's Alex sitting on the side pod of the grey car Grist from United Autosports on the grid. So Garrett not scheduled to be starting his car. So we'll get in at roughly half distance. And by the way, it's not technically, we discussed this at Paul Rickard, not technically a pit lane window. There sort of is because it's dictated by drive time. Each driver, regardless of grading from the FIA, regardless of whether you're bronze or gold or a silver, uh, you have to do a minimum of 55 minutes. And sensibly, you know, you either get your driver out after that 55 minutes or push on to 65 minutes to ensure that driver two then does 55 minutes. So there is sort of a, a loosely coined pit lane window from 55 to 65, but we saw that. Um, not breached, but different ways of doing it in the south of France, which got us thinking. Absolutely. And uh, they also just noticed that the other father-son combo, that was Alexander Talkinitsa Jr., staring intently with his father aboard their AT racing car. That car is in 11th position overall. CD Sports Norma here. Some of these drivers, these teams, you expect to see... European Le Mans series and perhaps even the FI World Endurance Championship moving forward. Mm-hmm. Gerard Naveau, the man at the top of LMEM, the organisation behind the WC, the LMS, and indeed the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Race organisers here. Number nine car, Graf Racing, sixth on the grid. And it will be Eric Drillier, I think, to start this car. Let's just double check that. It is indeed. That's, yes, that's what it says on my sheet from sixth position, sharing with Adrian Truyer, Eric's uh, son. and so three father-son combos. Yes, there are, absolutely. It's uh, catching, isn't it? Um, and a lot of the time that's the son getting involved initially and saying, hey, Dad, this is a great championship. Why don't you, uh, why don't you take part as well? We've seen that in a different vein. With the Brundles as oh, yeah. well, haven't we? Alex Brundle discovering VLN at the Nordschleifer in Germany and uh, getting Martin back into a racing car, a winning racing car. Absolutely. VLN 7 looks like it will be a racing wing uh, weekend where Alex's dad will indeed be there that weekend. Not here this weekend, but Alex is. Not a million miles away in Barcelona, though. Uh, the five car, DKR Engineering, uh, Marcello Maritiotto. Then to start this machine after he performed well in qualifying earlier on today. That car starting from fifth position and just behind the sister car, number three. Yeah, pogoed up and down the order, didn't it? The number five car yeah. was one of the several LMP3 cars caught out by uh, track limits violations in the early part of the session. Marco Cencetti to share that machine. Here is the number three then. And in this livery, the number three car has won all of the LMP3 championships so far on offer in the Michelin Le Mans Cup through the years. Last year and in 2017, a thumbs up there from Francois Kerman, who starts the number three car from fourth on the grid. Tight, tight qualifying session and really left us guessing right till the end. Kessel Racing crew. A happy band with cars... 
plenty, both in the Michelin and the Mon Cup, plus two-car entry now in the ILMS. They'll be going to Le Mans as well with two cars in the GT Am class. Mikey Benamit will be aboard the 25 car from London Racing. Championship leaders, let us not forget, six points the advantage at the moment for Duncan Tappy and Mike Benham over Francois Kerman and Laurence Herr. So they are the top two in the championship sharing the second row. Well, I've seen that uh, teams have got confidence we're not going to get wet conditions early on in this race at the very least. So, yes, the wet weather tyres are being pushed away from the cars for the moment. They'll be kept in the pit lane, I'm sure, though. But uh, you have to go, generally speaking, with the current conditions. So, slick Michelin tyres, the only choice. Colin Noble stands by the car. That means Tony Wells is aboard the number two Nielsen racing car. Another team to switch to the normal M30 for this season. It seems to suit both of these drivers. Third place finish for that uh, crew at Paul Ricard. So, yep within touching distance of the championship in its very early days. Tony in very good form, but Colin Noble, in the form of his life, uh, elected to the British Racing Drivers Club last week. And uh, that seems to, that badge seems to make him just a little bit quicker. The surprise package, though, in qualifying, Johnny, I think it's fair to say, Kia Racing, the number 43 car, mm. Jochen Fried, uh, just pulled it out seemingly nowhere. Nico Lapierre on the grid. He'll be there supporting Cool Racing, but not racing in this series, of course. He's in the European Le Mans series having set a record fifth pole position since the relaunch of the championship with uh, LMP2 as the principal class and yep. did so for his brand new team in only their second race in the class. Remember, it goes into the Le Mans 24 hours this year with, again, uh, in the Signatec Alpine for that race with a 100% winning record in LMP2. He's won three nice. times at Le Mans in his three starts in LMP2. Well, that is fabulous form to take into the race of the year. I thought for a moment that was a proposal, but no, I think he's just making sure the bracelet's on. We could have got an exclusive there. We could. Uh, so, whipping through the grid at the bottom of the screen, Adrian Schiller and Mark Crader on row five. These are all LMP3s, as I've mentioned. Then it'll be Morris Smith and Alexander Talkinitzer-driven cool racing and 80 racing prototypes. And row seven also... Uh, all prototypes, all United Autosports indeed, with Mike Guash and Rob Hodes to take the start in those cars. Then we get to the GT3s on row eight. So, uh, Sergio Pianazzola in his Kessel Racing Ferrari alongside Lucic Racing, new to ACO rules racing at the start of the year, but they have stamped their authority certainly on the European Le Mans Series race. And Fabian Laverne will be one to watch in this one without a doubt. Krypton Motorsports. Mercedes AMG though also in the mix with Zanettini to start that car ahead of Paolo Venerossi's Ebi Motors number 88 Porsche. A view again of the number 25 Norma that will start from third position with Benham at the wheel and we've already had a look of course at Tony Wells and at uh, Michael Markerson, who will start the Kia racing car. So they've elected to put the other driver at the wheel. It was Joachim Fried, as Graham said, that did the time. But the more experienced driver, Michael Markerson uh, of Denmark, silver rated, uh, driving this opening stint for the Ligier. He's going to have a job on his hands to keep behind him six Norma M30s that are incredibly strong. Uh, this weekend at Monza, particularly down the long straights. Clearly looking to capitalise on the clear road they will have at the head of the field, at least momentarily. Let's wait and see what the yes. run down to the always challenging first chicane here is going to bring. They fire up. 
the V8 engines at the front of the grid and a variety of uh, engines at the back. Nice mixed bag this season of GT3 cars. Lamborghini, AMG, the Aston Martin, Ferrari, Porsche. Um, just looking down further towards the GT3 field, Maro Calamir, I notice, has been installed into the number seven Scuderia Viorba Corsa Mercedes. So that was qualified by Roberto Pampanini, the uh, orange, sort of copper-coloured and black Mercedes AMG, but it has silver-rated driver Calamir doing the opening stint, so he could make early progress. Uh, Paolo Benarossi, as I say, to start the Eddie Motors machine, so we'll hand over to Alessandro Baccani uh, at uh, roughly half distance, but they could have gone either way at Ebby Motors, employing two bronze-rated drivers in car number 88. Well, this is going to be an engaging couple of hours here, Johnny. Will weather intervene? Or are we going to get two hours of dry running? Of course, remember, for very many of these crews, a Pro-Am lineup as well. So lots of pretty familiar names to come. In addition to the developing talents of a lot of the gentlemen drivers. So, at the moment, the weather dry. I'm just trying to seek out a forecast for the next couple of hours. I, it's going to keep people guessing. There's some blossom in the air, by the way, oh, as yeah. well. So don't confuse that with rain. Um, that's been floating around, or snow, because that's been floating around all day. Uh, snow is possible at Spa just seven days ago, so why not here at Monza? But yeah, uh, so far, so good. The uh, pit lane reporter, Louise Beckett, knows all about that, <laughs> and she's just about thawed out after the travails of the Spa six hours last weekend. Extraordinary weather there. I don't think we're going to get anything remotely close to that here. I hope not. But Into so Spa looking fabulous, by the way, in the spring. The Regia chicane, and down towards the two Lesmos, second of which very important indeed about your exit speed down through Seraglio corner, curves Seraglio, and then the approach to the Ascari chicane, a technical left-right left sequence, and very important not to run too wide on the exit there because track limits have been closely observed all weekend and many laps deleted during the qualifying session earlier on. Um, Yes, on my weather radar, there's bits of red and orangey colours uh, just north of us, I think possibly heading this way. Um, so we will keep our eyes on the skies, and the, the teams will do exactly that as well. Showers predicted at some stage over the next couple of hours, but I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as thunderstorms. We'll wait and see and the intensity of that rain if and when it arrives. So, Aligier on the front, and that was a surprise to me, certainly, after the dominance of Norma through free practice one and two. But there are six Normas then bunched up behind Michael Markerson for Kio Racing. Then the next of the Ligiers is Jacopo Baratto for BHK Motorsport, the dark blue-coloured car with the orange detailing. Grain Market Racing starting ninth, Mark Crader and Adrian Schiller in the second best of the Graf cars, number 39 in 10th. That car did a time that would have been good enough for third late on, and then it was deleted. Yep. So Adrian Schiller uh, may be in a bit of a false position as this race is about to start. Field is getting neat and tidy. Just the last few cars in the order there. Do a little bit of weaving around. We can see the number 99 car. In the hands of Andrew Howard, just getting the last bit of heat into his Michelin tyres as the Jaguar leading car comes round to Parabolica. 
and then we'll pull over to the pit lane and it will be down to Marcuson to control the field before the lights go green, Johnny. And this is a long wait, not only down the back straight, but also all the way through Parabolica and then the run to the timing line as well. They'll be asked to continue this sort of speed until the lights go out above the timing line and it will test the patience, I'm sure, of those cars on the front row. Although the pace is already starting to pick up. The pace car has peeled off to the right then and down pit lane now and... Michael Markerson left to his own devices to just dictate this speed. He can't go quite yet. The red lights are still on in the distance then. Tony Wells alongside. Mikey Benham eager to get going, as is Francois Kerman. But the wait is endless. In a moment, the lights will go out, and they do. We're racing for the second time this year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Then two hours of racing around Monza, and already starting to make some movement into perhaps third position is Kerman. So he's hanging on to that third place. Going backwards is Michael Benham. There's a puff of smoke from the 25 as well. Will everybody get through the chicane for the first time into the Retifilio? It's a natural pinch point. They're very well behaved so far. Two abreast through the right and the left-hand elements. And so far, every car remains on the track. Can't talk about the GT3s because we're focusing on the LMP3s for the moment in time. But through Curva Grande for the first time, it's a good start for certainly Fabian Leverne, who's got ahead of Sergio Pianazzola in GT3. Cracking stuff there. Oh, 23 wide, I think I counted at one point there. And Mauro Calamia up to second place in class. I told you to look out for him. Fantastic stuff. Was very neat and tidy for the most part, certainly for the first two-thirds of the grid. A uh, little bit of locking up towards the back of it. Let them sort themselves out in this first lap. But a great start from Kia Racing. Uh, took the defensive line into that first chicane. That worked for them while the normal squabble behind. So neat and tidy stuff. Through the two Lesmos they go. And down towards Seraglio corner. And then the breaking for Ascari next up. The battle is between Michael Markerson and Francois Kerman, who started, remember, in fourth position, gained two places already, jumping ahead of Tony Wells and ahead of Mikey Benham. Oh, big, big switch from Mikey Benham that as he came from through Benham, there. Yeah. That's uh, well rescued, actually, and the track's still relatively green. As I say, we have had some rain between qualifying for the ELMS and this race. Only a small amount, but the grip might not necessarily be there in the early stages. So tippy-toe stuff for one or two. The first lap of the two-hour race will be uh, led then by Michael Markerson. But there's really nothing between Markerson of Denmark and Francois Kerman for DKR Engineering, the Frenchman. Through to complete the first lap, they come still Markerson, just a quarter of a second ahead. We've got yellow flags briefly back at turn 11, they've just disappeared again. And that, I think, was Christoph Ulrich uh, falling off the track for just briefly, but I think he's recovered the car, drops to the back of the field. Uh, through the first chicane again, and the Kia Racing car manages to get through what is actually the weakest point for uh, this car, so he's back into a slightly happier hunting ground for the Ligier chassis. Needs to put a bit of a distance between himself and the DKR car of Francois uh, Kerman. Trouble, and that looked like damage too to the front right of the 54 car. Yeah, which is the Mercedes, and it looked like a, maybe an inner wheel arch that had come loose on the Dexter Muller-driven car, the SPS automotive performance machine, which is now tumbling to the rear of our timing screen. It will be stone last, I think, if Christoph Ulrich gets ahead, which he does. So uh, Dexter Muller, who was in the top five in GT3, has had a moment. I don't think 
there was another car involved, or at least that other car, if there was one, hasn't been too badly delayed. Yeah, need to look and see whether or not anybody else, because there was certainly damage to the front of one car, mm. as the commensurate damage to the rear of another, and was that barrier induced? We'll wait and see. Also, maybe some loose bodywork on the 39 car of Adrian Schiller. It looked like the, maybe the right-hand pod bouncing around, which holds the race number. Grab another look at that in a moment or two. It does tend to rattle the teeth out of your head, the Escar as you can, if you catch the kerbs at the wrong point. Number nine car, though, heading through the Parabolica, all intact so far. That's being driven by Eric Truyer, Truyer Senior. And fourth place is a good starting position for that car. Nobody's really getting away here. No. Nope. Michael Markerson being tracked with every every inch of this Monza circuit by Francois Kerman, and that may well help Tony Wells to draw in as well. Mikey Benham looking to make a move up the inside of the second of the DKR cars. Maratiotto, though, not keen to let that happen. It's a battle for sixth position and actually took sixth across the line. Can he hold it through the chicane? We'll see in just a few moments. Mara Calamia slightly badly balked there by the number 90 car then all of a sudden Alexander Taukinitsa Jr. finds the, the extra speed that an LMP3 car has but uh, they were neck and neck through the chicane and the initial acceleration was better for the Mercedes they almost made contact exiting Retifilio chicane on that lap I wonder if the other car involved by the way was Christian Olsen because he's tumbled down the order as well doesn't look as if the SPS car has moved from that position as it made its way around to the pits. We'll wait and see. Timing screen giving us a couple of false readings at the moment. Yes. In regard to the location of that car, certainly. Still virtually nose to tail for the race lead between the Kia Racing Ligier and the DKR Norma. And then there's still five Normas stacking up behind Tony Wells, Eric Trier, Adrian Schiller, uh, Mikey Bennett, and Marcello Manatiotto for DKR again. And those two were side-by-side side down the back straight last time around. It's now Benham ahead of the all-green DKR entry. Lusik Racing still leading GT3. Fabian Laverne ahead of Mauro Calamia. Calamia romping up the order from uh, the early qualifying position. The seven machine starting from 22nd, now 14th overall. We saw Christopher Ulrich dropping down the order. There's an instant between his number 51 Ferrari and the 35 AMG from Krypton Motorsports that's it some way ahead of it now in the 18th position and fourth in class under investigation by race control right now. Swinging right, swinging left for Michael Markerson to start another lap. Five minutes of the race already done and so far that Kia Racing Ligier is able to keep the pace with the best of the Normas and Markerson the silver. The acid test will be when co-driver and qualifying driver Joachim Fried takes that car over but there's a bit of a gap emerging now between second and third as they reach the Roger chicane that comes courtesy of fastest laps initially for the leader and then immediately afterwards from the second place car separated by just a hundred of a second on their fastest lap times last time that mark now held by Kierman with a 149.675 reaching the Lesbos for the fourth time and now the run through the trees, underneath the bridge, and back into that natural amphitheatre at the Ascari Variante. And yeah, still the incident, 35-51 being investigated. The race start was being investigated as well, but that's just a matter of course, tends to be. There's still something moving on the side of the number 39 car, but I wonder whether that's been a problem 
since the start of the race. Something not quite in position there and can't be helping the handling for Adrian Chiller. But the, the start of the race, amazingly, was very clean, although the field wasted no time at all, going three abreast, then four abreast in places. And what about Maro Calamia charging his way through the order in the copper-coloured Mercedes, wasting no time at all. He was on the grass as well in the background there, on the charge into the Retifilio. So maybe a question about track limits as to how he got up to second position but you can't knock his enthusiasm the 51 spinning was that Kerber Grande or the first of the Lesbos that was, that was I think the incident that likely involved the 35 and that was the incident with two other cars certainly Christian Olsen's car was involved there as well already off track when a sideways SPS automotive performance Mercedes uh, came towards the first chicane at completely the wrong angle nearly cleaned that some of those marker posts that protects the runoff route and yeah sideways and briefly back onto the track again so everyone did, did well to avoid Dexter Muller yeah, so quite exactly what led to that incident we didn't see but uh, the full white nose on the front of the RLR car was uh, off the track too there was a third car I didn't quite spot which one that was Johnny uh, it was also running uh, along the escape road the 54 car has stopped uh, Christian Olsen is recovering back up through the GT field. He's back up to 25th position, but last in LMP3 right now. Quick lap still coming. It's a 149.047 now from the leader, Markerson. There's Christian Olsen. He's getting stuck into the last at the moment of the GTs he's got to play with. That's the EB Motors car. Takes another position. Yeah, and Paolo Venerossi, that is, in the 88. And the 51 uh, is coming back through the order. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Austin's next target, by the way, is John Schaumann in the number four cool racing car. In fact, there's two cool racing cars ahead of him. So we'll keep it on his progress. Well, Christoph Ulrich just got ahead of Andrew Howard on this lap. And Christian Olsen, as you say, now ahead of Paolo Venerossi, who is fifth in class. But that change for sixth in the GT3s puts a Spirit of Race Ferrari ahead of a Beach Dean Aston Martin. New fastest lap. This time goes the third place car, and Tony Wells is beginning to close that gap to the lead two to 148.732. Takes a couple of tenths out the two leading cars ahead. He's 1.747 seconds back as they cross the line to start lap six. One hour and 50 minutes to go. Bit of a look at the inside that time into the first chicane from. Mikey Benham in the 25 Landon Racing Norma and he's got ahead of him then Adrian Schiller there is yeah it's the it's the mirror on the side it's the whole pod in it is the pod it's the front uh, it's the front part of the pod isn't it for 39 so that's going to hamper Adrian Schiller's pace without a doubt look at the car behind the 25 that's how it should be much more a fixed position I've seen it rattling around every time through the Ascari she came well this time Without a doubt, it's working its way looser and looser, potentially, and that might have to be addressed on the pit stop. Could well be a meatball flag for that car. There's a technical issue that uh, those control beside needs to be attended to. We'll keep an eye on that one. Meantime, Marcuson is pulling away now, eight tenths up. You see again. There yeah. you go. Huge mo movement. It's the whole wheel arc, pretty much. It also encompasses the headlight area and the dive plane as well. I hadn't realised that was all one bit. Uh, obviously, the, the nose fits on there as well, uh, but doesn't wrap around the whole of the car, so there are potentially two components there that need to be seen to. Uh, when these cars stop, which can be anywhere between 55 minutes and 65 minutes, 
Although, of course, uh, there's a mandatory stop to be done, and that has to be done to a minimum pit stop time. That doesn't have to be your stop between 55 and 65, as we discovered at Paul Ricard. It's just the driver change that needs to be done there. New fastest lap goes to the lead car, number 43, very briefly, because that's bettered by 0.3 of a second by the charging Tony Wells. 1.3 seconds now he is behind the leader. It's becoming a three-car uh, three race uh, very quickly now. And... Sergio Pianazzola offering some sort of a response to Mara Calamir's speed here. Pianazzola certainly out of line there to put a, a bit of doubt into Calamir's mind. Very strong on the brakes there from the Ferrari man. That's where he's gaining all the time on the Mercedes. I don't think that was ever a, a full-blooded move to do an overtake, but just the distraction of him being there, and that will have thrown Mara Calamir uh, a bit of a distraction, certainly into the braking area. So next time around, or maybe even at the second chicane, the Ferrari's going to be close enough. Not quite, but certainly at the end of this lap, back into the Retifilio, there'll be an opportunity for that metallic blue Ferrari. Ahead of them, Rob Hodes under pressure from Alexander Talkinitsa Senior. Pace of the front of this race, running wide there, both the GT cars. Was out of Lesmo 1 into 2, the more important of the two right-handers. And then the long run towards the Ascari chicane. We're approaching 15 minutes of this race then, getting into a rhythm now. And Michael Marcuson enjoying a 1.7 second lead over Francois Kerman, uh, Tony Wells, Eric Trier and Adrian Schiller. Although walking wounded car for Adrian Schiller with that right front right side bodywork bouncing around. Uh, Lannan Racing and Mikey Benham now just 0.3 of a second behind. Marcello Manatiotto is in seventh position in car number five and crossing the line now. And then in his wheel tracks, Giacomo Baratto for BHK Motorsports. Shift in the emphasis in that lead battle, uh, getting away a little now, Marcuson. Tony Wells, though, is getting closer and closer to Kierman in a battle now for second place. So the Ligier getting away, 1.7 seconds clear now. And just uh, less than a second back from Kierman is Tony Wells. Time's very respectable up and down the order as oh, well. Yeah, with, uh, so. PBs, certainly from the middle section of the uh, field. So Fabian Laverne finding time every lap, likewise... Uh, Mara Calamia and his Mercedes, Sergio Pianazzola in the Ferrari. They're going quicker with every single lap as further uh, incident now being looked into. So it was 54 and the 14 yeah, car. Chris Olsen, it was Chris Olsen. I suspect the third, I think the third car was just basically avoiding the melee. So I'm sure we'll hear later from Christian. Yeah. But uh, damage to the front of one car at a point where you've got heavy braking sort of begins to tell at least part of the tale. They started on the same side of the grid. The 54 Mercedes was 24th. The RLR M Sport Christian Olsen car 28th. So from 12th and 14 rows but on the left side and maybe that concertina effect into the first chicane. We didn't see the incident so uh, we can't really comment uh, but it is going to be looked into by the race officials who have access to far more cameras than we do Lots and angles, of indeed, angles of that incident many of them move up the inside there the 30 car goes through on the 74 Jack Wolf. that's for ninth position overall on Morris Smith so CD Sport ahead of Cool Racing for ninth place Mark Cradefans has been at that as well he's up the inside too of the Cool Racing car can he make it stick though as they come down the start finish straight 
Norma should have the advantage through on the 39 car. Mikey Benham makes up a place up to fifth. So after that tricky start for Mikey Benham, plays the classic Monza move up the inside into the first chicane. Nowhere for the Grafman to go. Tries to fight back around Kilda Grande. No way through there. That is a classic sort of block overtake in that you break as late as possible, prevent the car on your outside from turning in, and that, that is move gained. But it's all about being brave on the brakes there, knowing that you will just about make the corner and squeezing through. The gap was there, though, and I still think Adrian Schiller is struggling with the performance of that car now for obvious reasons. Yeah, the SPS car uh, that was involved in that uh, incident, uh, clearly involving Christian Olsen, sent both of them to the back of the field and the 54 car out of the race. Car 54 reported to the stewards for dangerous driving on lap two. Christian Olsen, meanwhile, after that issue, is now back into the top 20. His next target, Charlie Martin, in the number 11 racing experience car. So lap two will have been the lap after the incident, won't it? Um, that was, no, that was the incident, it was lap two. It wasn't at the start, it was coming through um, to com uh, after having completed the first so lap. So we've done the first lap. lap two. Was, uh, OK, yeah. right. Sorry, I misremembered that. Right, fair enough. But there seemed to be some power in the 54 car, though, because it was straightening up and finding the track again, but now still displayed a stop on our, on our uh, timing screen and seven laps down. I think that is yeah, going to be a car out of the race, yeah. I think. Olsen, meanwhile, is getting close to lap record pace as the 90 car goes up the inside of the 23. We've been watching that. That is Talkinitsa Senior, Alexander Talkinitsa Senior, up the inside of Rob Hodes. 13th position and in the background Mauro Kelamir kicking up some dust there as he dropped a wheel off the or over the white line and virtually into the gravel trap there the, the very edges of the gravel trap on the exit of the Parabolica so the dive from the number 90 car of Taukenitsa to Oof. gain a space although he was all, all over the grass as he did so I think wheels oh, just trouble. the right side problems further that's Hose again cup. isn't it so well they haven't touched it or, or they didn't touch a Parabolica did they then make contact he's gone for the move in return and didn't make contact but uh, spun on his own yeah it's yes, a power down. so that was the exit of the, the first chicane from a classic overtaking move at Monza to a classic mistake made at Monza very often very difficult place to get the power in as early as you really want to to get fired round to Curva Grande but Hodes found to his cost yeah. that uh, he hadn't got that one right I'm afraid Catching the first sausage curve, and whether that unbalanced the car, and then as he applied the throttle on the exit, uh, had one wheel on the grass, and the car switched ends very quickly indeed. Now it's going to be all about cleaning those Michelin tyres up as quickly as possible, as the damaged Christian Olsen machine, and it's missing. I've just noticed the one of the rear bullets. Uh, those wedges that sit right behind the rear wheel. There was obvious damage on the rear left of that car. You can see it sticking up at the back there. Yeah. Might well, have say to that be fixed at the pit stop, if not before. That's the sort of door wedge that should be virtually ground level, which has flicked back now and uh, is almost troubling the rear wing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got a fired-up young Dane, though, haven't we? That's <laughs> uh, all, all the way with Charlie Martin now. This is now the battle for 17th position. So he's making rapid progress up the order. Fastest lap goes again, by the way, to Moggs in the lead. Into the 47s now on 47.795 and the lead over two seconds. But this is the 14 car in the hands of 
Christian Olsen looking for a way past the 11 race experience car with Charlie Martin at the wheel. Actually, I think the whole of that legality panel in the door wedge has gone, and it's the, the kind of rear portion of the wheel arch now that is rippling back and causing extra damn force. It, it drops back into position when they're at slower speed, but you can guarantee when they get to Curva Grande and up to full speed, it'll flick back again. Getting a really good run on Charlie Martin, though, is Christian Olsen this time as they head for Curva Grande, pretty much flat through this long right-hander and then to the braking area for the second of the chicanes. Now, is there an opportunity for Christian Olsen to overtake the racing experience car? He jinks out of line. It's a great run for Christian Olsen, Superb. I have to say. This is a very strong drive indeed by the young Dane. Came to the Michelin Le Mans Cup and the European Le Mans Series last year. Uh, with a background in historic Formula 3 racing, in fact, the reigning FIA historic Formula 3 champion of Europe. Uh, races in that Formula with his dad, Tom, who's sharing the car in the Michelin Le Mans Cup with him. Team leader this year with the um, LLM Sport car. We've got uh, notice of drive-through penalties, Johnny, for four cars. It's the yes. 39, that's the Graf car, as we see... Movement here between the 51 car and that wasn't a touch to the Krypton car. 39 Almost. is Graf, 74 is one of the cool racing cars, isn't it? That's the 11th place car of Maurice Smith. The 24 car, which is Mike Guache's United Autosports car, and the 7. That is the second placed car in GT. Bad news then for Scuderia Velorba Corsa and their hopes of taking a win on home ground with their AMG GT3. Mara Calamia uh, has just set the fastest lap of the race for the GT3 category with a 150.4, but uh, he's going to have to come into the pit lane to serve a drive-through penalty. Likewise, uh, Michael Markerson now doing the fastest lap of the race, a 147.7. Uh, that damaged the rear of Christian Olsen's car. I think he's going to have to be dealt with, and he's on pit lane. There he is now, the team go to work. They've got one of the two racing essentials. You can see the race tape. Yes. Is the hammer there as well. The problem is, it's pot nothing really to attach it to. It's pot riveted, uh, riveting it with tie wraps. They're the yeah. other. That's the, that's the backup toolkit after the hammer and the tape. Well, drill a couple of holes in it, put your tie wrap through, and then you think, right, what do we strap this to then, boys? Because part of the rear diffuser is no longer there. And as I say, the. Uh, the bullet, the door wedge-shaped thing that sits behind the rear wheel normally isn't there either, so that's obviously fallen off the car in the process of the contact down at the first chicane. Uh, first and second, separated by 1.4 seconds then between Michael Markerson, the fastest driver out there at the moment, compared to Francois Kerman for DKR Engineering, then it's Tony Wells for Nielsen Racing ahead of Eric Trier and Mikey Benham, and in GT3, Fabian Laverne continues to lead. Great run from the front from Marcusin in the Kia racing car. Big surprise to see Elysia on pole here. A racetrack that supports a car that wants uh, straight line speed. The LRM Sport team working furiously to get that car out as quickly as possible. Tie wrap, it's something of a kind of maelstrom of tie wrappery going on there. Meantime, and through the blossom. Yeah. Uh, so, again, an indication of. Uh, how blustery it is in places around this racetrack, particularly on the run down towards the Ascari, which is almost like a tunnelled section, no roof, but uh, the Armco barrier closes in from left and from right, and you head underneath the road bridge as well, into Ascari corner, and the Lamborghini versus Porsche battle then is for 7th and 8th in class, Paolo Venerossi just ahead of Cedric Mezar, 
and an early stop or the uh, drive-through I should say for Mauro Calamir has just been served Pro from second place in class he falls to third and that could be further down sure about that actually Christoph Ulrich whose move on Marcus Anatini was for position he almost, almost lost the car through the Parabolica but 51 round the outside of 35 forced however for United Autosports Duash a second problem gets second the, chicane gets the car back underway it was at uh, the second of the chicane so the left and the right bit as the battling continues between Venerossi and Mezar for seventh in GT3 and this is allowing Andrew Howard just to open up a little bit of a gap now from these two cars behind him. Just to let you know that uh, the RRM Sport team are still working to repair the rear of Christian Olsen's car. Race effectively done, I'm afraid, yeah. for any meaningful position. This is about getting the car back out there. Charlie Martin up to 14th position, now 12th in LMP3, with Gary Hauser still to come. No, it's David Housen, sorry, isn't it? This it is David Housen this weekend. Did I miss a message about then the Christian Olsen car having to come no, into the pits? No. It was their choice. I think it was. Oh, blimey. Yes, Contact Mike Gouache into the back of the eight car, which was running, it's still running second in GT3, but does that mean damage now for Sergio Pianazzola? And this earlier on as well for the 88 and the 83 jostling for position into Retifilio, but I'm now concerned about the back of that Ferrari, number eight, which is running in second position, 5.7 seconds away from Laverne's Ferrari. But do we have to look out for a notable drop-off in pace now for Pianazzola? Keep an eye on that one. Certainly at the moment, no sign of that happening immediately. That's good. It doesn't take much, does it, to just get a little bit of bodywork, a little bit of carbon. Also into the pits is Mike Gwash now for a drive-through penalty. And he's going to tumble down the order too. That's one of the cars uh, pinged for jump start, wasn't it? Right. And uh, well, there might be worse to come for Mike Gwash. That is not Aligier uh, presented as the maker intended. Indeed. But uh, might have to be good enough if they're going to get Christian Olsen back out into the race. Very different angles to approach the second chicane for Claudia Sedanovic and for Maurice Smith. So this is the spirit of race entry, number 55. And then with the green door mirrors behind, number 74 of Cool Racing, Maurice Smith certainly with some good speed. Ligier on Ligier here through the Lesmo 1 and now Lesmo 2. And then quite a bit of kerb taken from both towards the kink at Seraglio corner underneath the trees. And that, this portion of the track, if it does rain at any point in the next 94 minutes, uh, will be the uh, slowest in getting dry again because there are overhanging trees there and can be very treacherous in the wet. So far, so good as far as the weather is concerned. We've got another four minutes to do before 30 minutes can be ticked off. Good news, bad news for the RLRM sport team. The good news is Christian Olsen is back underway with a rather battered rear end of the 14 car. Uh, rather cobbled together the bad news there is the car back on track bad news is he's lost three laps to the leaders as a result of the two incidents well the one incident and the repairs to the damage done from that incident it will be I'm sure very little comfort to him for the reporting to the stewards of the uh, what appears to be the guilty party in the 54 SPF, SPS Automotive AMG side by side and overtaking Morris Smith classic manoeuvre there out of uh, the uh, final corner, Ooh, almost loses it under braking into Retifilio Chicane though but Maurice Smith then uh, gaining a place on Claudio Sedanovic after a good run through the Parabolica and that will be uh, 
13th position in class 15th overall. Incredible speed being shown by the two GT3 leaders here, though. They're miles ahead of anybody else in the GT3 category. Laverne and Janet Taylor showing everyone else how it's to be done. In the lead of this race, by the way, Marcuson is beginning now to lose ground again to Kierman, who's under a second back. And once again, uh, it seems to have got a second wind. Tony Wells is beginning to pick up pace uh, again. This Porsche versus Lamborghini battle continues to go on and on and on. Stonking scrap this as Cedric Mezar does seem to have about the same speed as the Porsche that just can't utilise it out of the Parabolica the straight's not quite long enough the Six Porsche points. likes to care for Grande though because the gap's doesn't opened it? up to about four car lengths now that's good traction doesn't it out of the, uh, the first chicane they deal with the chicane itself but again the Porsche seems to be pretty good through there 16 cylinders in close formation here indeed Flat at six variety for the Porsche and V10 for the Lamborghini Huracan, the 5.2 litre V10, finding the Audi R8 as well. As the Lannan Racing fourth placed Mikey Benencar threads its way through the second of the chicanes, yeah. currently three and a half seconds behind Tony Wells and a buffer of 1.2 back to Eric Trouillet. That's a change because I haven't noticed him going past the second of the graph cars. We saw him going by the 39, which then was penalised, but uh, Mike Benham's make up, made up another position up into fourth place now. He is 3.5 seconds from the car ahead, which is Tony Wells, 5.7 seconds off the lead. These are gaps that are going to be interesting and important, in particular when we get to the end of this hour, and the second drivers, in many cases the pro drivers, climb aboard. Mike Benham now staring at the back of the number three DKR car. Sorry, that's sorry, it's Tony Wells looking at the back of the DKR car. That's the battle for second position. 1.4 seconds is the gap the last time they crossed the line. So what, if anything, has Tony Wells been able to do this time around it? And the answer is he's taken another two tenths out of that. Very good going. And as soon as Michael Benham found some clear air, he put in his best sector one time so there's still a bit of pace left for the Lannan car too and this is further evidence that generally everyone's finding more speed with every single lap although the Michelin tyre I mean, performs very nicely once you get those killer laps in the opening stint it drops off very slightly and then provides consistency for the rest of the stint with a very slight drop off in terms of I mean, probably talking hundreds of seconds but those blue times from the leading top nine have started to disappear now. It's going to be a black and white warning flag for the number 35 car, which is the Mercedes, isn't it, uh, that was in third position for a little while, the Krypton Motorsport machine of Marco Zanatini. can't immediately remember which car that was penalised for contact, contact with. with. They came, well, it came very close to contact in the 51 Ferrari, but I don't think there was that, contact. That was the, it was the 51 Ferrari. That was the, the moment we saw Christoph Ulrich drop off a cliff in terms of uh, positions, so that's what it was. Okay. It was the two cars coming together with Christoph Ulrich suffering the slings, arrows and carbon fibre of outrageous fortune there. So the Lucid Racing car, uh, not for the first time this season, approaching a top-ten position right now. Yeah. Yes, and the lap times between Laverne and Piazzola generally favouring Fabian Laverne for the Swiss squad Lucic. 
another Swiss squad. Kessel Racing trying to hunt them down, but for the moment, Fabian Laverne looks to have the measure on the second-place GT3 car. Then we've got seven LMP3s between the top two GT3s and everybody else in the GT3 category, led by Mara Kelamir, in a sense, in a false position, because that car was in second before it was pinged for a drive-through. And that was for a jump start as well, wasn't it? Was it? A seven car. Yeah. Meanwhile, Andrew Howard is getting his head around this new package from this year. Getting onto terms now with the Krypton Motorsport car, the 35 car. Salatini has his mirrors full of a great big ice cream van. <laughs> Minus the uh, jingle jangle song and uh, lights on the top. The ice cream vans have lights on the top. That's emergency vehicles. I'll move on. They're different. Yeah. Indeed. We won't say many ice creams going at that speed. Uh, the second and third place cars all of a sudden have found speed. Francois Kerman and Tony Wells. Now, why is that? Maybe a little bit of clear air and away from GT3 cars for a time. So 147.9, 148.0, respectively, for Kerman and Wells. Interesting moments uh, ahead. It's not so far ahead for Charlie Martin, by the way. She's catching that GT lead battle really quickly now. Around the outside there. Is that going to work? Is it for Andrew Howard? Not there, Andrew. Tucks back in. Zanettini. But uh, yes, there was a, the opportunity was there and might be again towards Retafilio Chicane at the end of the start-finish straight. We're having great fun with this one. This is re-establishment into international level motorsport for Beach Team after some adventures in the European Le Series in recent years. See them try their hand up next, clearly looking to do what they can to win a place at the Grand 24 hours with this class. Way to go yet for that. Andrew Howard, despite being a, a non-pro driver, if you like, bronze rated, is a double champion in the British GT Championship from 2015 and 16. And back in it again for 2019 in the new shaped. Aston Martin. Is it actually that car that runs in British GT? I was wondering after the first round, or just one that looks very like it. I think he's only got one. Okay, so, yes. So it's been a very busy car already, with Alton Park already done in British GT. The race leaders overall now having to deal with a bit more GT3 traffic. The 88 Porsche of Paolo Venerossi is next up. So, oh, the Lamborghini of Cedric Mezars dropped well off uh, Venerossi's pace. They were together for several yeah. laps, but they've been separated now. And the Porsche looking the stronger car as we get deeper into the stint. Separating the top two, though. Venerossi through no fault of his own at Lesmo 2. Now Francois Kerman can apply the throttle and get by the Porsche. But that is a bit of time lost. Michael Markerson, you spend the first half an hour making sure you stay with the race leader and a moment like that, a blink of the eye and it's all gone to pop Part of the kind of traffic appeal of the this Le Mans Cup is the fact that there's not a huge amount uh, in it, particularly in the straight line speed between the LMP3 cars and the GT3 cars, of course the LMP3 cars get better corner speed therefore a bit, a bit of a slingshot down the main straight, we can see Tony Wells taking advantage of that as it goes past Tony Rossi but head to head in the long straights here, not a lot in it. And meanwhile, Andrew Howard. Howard. Oh, very late on the brakes. Can he turn in? Can he still make the corner? Yes, Fad fabulous overtake. However, put a flake in it. What about the Krypton Motorsport Mercedes Zanatini on the fight back now as they exit the chicane, getting the slightly better run, heading for Curva Grande to abreast. Not quite. 
And uh, Andrew Howard, I think, will now solidify that position. Also wanted to mention, maybe a car running wide out of the Ascari chicane. Uh, last time we caught a glimpse of that. Uh, and I wonder whether it might have been Benham or Maratiotto in fifth or sixth position. They're both different colours, though. I'd like well, to see that again. Behind, uh, in between these two cars now, this is the recovery of Mike Rush. We'll watch this again. Up the inside, beautifully done there by yeah. Andrew Howard. Just distracted the other driver on the run down towards the braking zone, dummied him. He will be telling himself that's exactly how Nigel Mansell did it. <laughs> I think it was. Classic overturn. I mean, you know, throw the dummy as you say, left side, right side, which side am I going to go? And Marco Zanettini ran out of opportunity to defend. And now the Aston's pulling away from Aston, the Mercedes. Yeah, I should say Andrew Howard, famously, of course, um, ran Nigel Mansell out the morning. It was a beach yeah, team effort. Yes, of course. The infamous Janetta Zytek. With Greg and Leo Mansell? It was with Greg and Leo. One of them. I think so. Here I, we I go. I thought it was Nigel with his two sons, but I may be wrong. Somebody will correct us, I'm sure, on social media. The 39 still is yet to pit. Uh, despite this issue with the... No, he has pitted, I beg your pardon. Done a drive-through, and that was the that was the penalty, so they haven't actually repaired the damage or the... Whether that body was right from the start, I've, I've, I've no idea. But 39 then still rattling its way down the straight towards the Ascari chicane, and in 11th position, having been overtaken by the grain market racing car of Mark Prader and Alexander Telkinitsa, in the number 90 machine. It was indeed Greg and Leo was still three mantles. 2010. Ended after 17 laps, I'm afraid. Yeah, Debris on the that. track there. And that's uh, on the back straight then, the lead into the Parabolica, not on the natural racing line, but we often get cars two and possibly three abreast as one goes for a move on the other. So that will be something to think about for Eduardo, Eduardo Freitas, our race director. I'm sure to keep the track live for the time being. And he's listening oh, to us, isn't he? I think he must be. Uh, I think he must be because there's a message now popped up on the bottom of our timing screen. We may have debris, debris on the track between turn 10 we, and turn we 11. We've just seen that it did indeed come off the Christian Olsen car. Oh, wide though for Mark Crader for Grain Market, and he can't make the, the second bit of the first chicane. So that was a little bit of pressure from behind, perhaps from Taukanitsa and the number 39 machine. Or. Have we got a bit of moisture in the air? I mean, the, the grip is at a premium down there. So the two cars behind managed to keep it on the straight and narrow. Mark will put that behind him now and try and catch these two up again as they exit the second of the chicanes. So that will be a change again for ninth position. Yep. We're 17 minutes from the... Here we go again. This is yeah. Mark Crater at the start here. He's got the two guys filling his mirrors. Goes defensive. And just understeers off. Strange moment, because I don't think he caught the curb in the second bit of the chicane. A bit of distraction, maybe. Just a little bit too much corner speed there for him, possibly. Anyway, thankfully, the wall isn't right up against the edge of the track there. And OK, you run through the gravel, and your next lap will be very tricky on uh, dirty tyres, but still in the race, and still an opportunity to get some points. So... Homing in on 40 minutes to go. In about 15 minutes' time, therefore, the pit lane effectively will be open with 55 minutes soon to be completed by driver one. Also carrying damage on the left side, front left corner now for Adrian Schiller. I don't remember that being there all the race long. Maybe it was. Maybe that's the reason why the right side so 
crooked too. Maybe at the start of the race. Possibly. Very difficult to stay on top of everything that was going on that there. Damage is getting cars. worse on that car, I think. Well, there are bits, bits emerging now that I don't remember from a couple of laps ago. But anyway, it's going to get very close indeed to the number 90 machine. Under braking again at the Retifilio chicane. And they now exit into the sunshine, I notice, at Curva Grande. We'll be hoping we get that car to the pit stop where the team will be able to effect a small repair. And now they're threading their way through the second of the chicane. Meanwhile, what's happening at the front of the field? Well, this is a very good lap from Michael Markerson. Absolute best through the first sector. 1.4 seconds is the gap. This Ligier is showing tremendous speed across the stint as well. Can Joachim Fried, once he takes over, offer this sort of speed, I wonder? Top three still separated by under four seconds. If anything, it's him just dropping back a little, as is Tony Wells. 3.7 seconds, it's another 10 seconds back before we get to Eric Trunier. He's under pressure now from Michael Benham, the fourth position. Adrian Schiller, not the ideal exit route from the second of the Lesmos that time around, I'm sure... Uh, at least a couple of Michelin tyres off onto the grass there as he tried to straight line the kink on the run down to Ascari. Point should be made as we close in on the pit window is the Kia Racing uh, team have opted to start technically their faster driver, whereas most of the cars behind did not do that. Yeah. So it's been a fine run from Markison, but this might well sweep the other way. It's true. And some very quick men still to come. I mean, Keo will have been hoping for a lead rather larger than 0.9 in a second from, as you say, predominantly bronze drivers. Francois Kerman in the number three squad is the bronze. Laurence Herr uh, consistently faster than him, more experienced, admittedly, as the leaders suddenly find Andrew Howard, who is now all on his own. He had somebody to race with up until this point, but Howard is trying to bring the gap down to Christoph Ulrich in the number 51 Ferrari. He's got about seven seconds to try and find, but that gap is definitely falling to the spirit of race Ferrari, which is fourth in the field. Top two in GT3 still together on the screen, although separated by 6.3 seconds in reality, and they have a huge margin over Mauro Calamia, who again is the non-bronze. He's uh, the silver-rated driver by the FIA, Swiss, and uh, Roberto Pampanini still to come, therefore, in Scuderia Villorba Corsa Mercedes. Kierman close in his pin for some little while here. It's the pace of the Ligier suffering at the end of this stint. Not so easy to notice. It's just six-tenths of a second, though, the gap between the two. And all of a sudden, Tony Wells has dropped back a little. It's a black and orange flag for the... RRM Sport car, Christian Olsen to repair oh the rear left of the car. It's effectively race over for them, I'm afraid. We were kind of that point anyway, and they've done their best at RLR to do a running repair, but being asked to come in to address that further uh, wasn't in great shape as it left them. I'm sure it's uh, in an even worse state now because it's very bumpy around parts of this Monza circuit, and that will have shaken their handiwork with the racer tape and the uh, tie racks. So decide to park the car at this point Possibly. the 14 we'll wait and see an hour and 17 still to go so the opportunity to change drivers inches ever closer Mara Calamir up a spot that time around and what happened to Rob Hodes Rob Hodes on that lap 
losing a bit of time. And the number 23 United Autosports car still there in 21st position ahead of the sister car of Mike Guash, which will be carrying nose damage after Guash caught the back of Ganazzola's Ferrari. But the good news for Kessel is that their race doesn't seem to have been affected by that uh, little bit of contact into the second chicane. Traffic ahead for the leading pair. Also bright sunshine I'm oh, yeah. noticing here at Monza, so maybe we're not going to get the rain after all. It's definitely going to happen after that. After 100%, you just, you just <laughs> completely spoke. Yeah, through, <laughs> through the parabolic and they come. Christoph Ulrich's Ferrari, I think, will clear the turn in time. But all of a sudden, Kierman looks to be exerting pressure and he's got a great run out of Parabolica. Is he able to use the toe? Closer than he's ever been here. Christoph Ulrich is the Ferrari then involved with this. That's the car that's trying to be caught by Andrew Howard, but they're running out of uh, straight to get to the chicane. And actually, will the 51 be the wedge between the two of them? Francois Kerman says, oh, no, I've been working for the last 10 minutes to haul <laughs> in the race leader. And again, it goes against me. 0.355 a second as they cross the line. It'll be more than that next time. If he can maintain the gap he's gained by using the Ferrari just to put a little bit of a barrier between them. And in the distance, Tony Wells is there or thereabouts, still in third position for Nielsen Racing. Eric Trouillet a further, well, he's hit eight and a half seconds back, but a nice little battle developing between Trouillet and Mike Benham, I noticed, for fourth position as RLR return to the pit lane. As Indeed we predicted. they do, yeah, and uh, forced there with the big ball flag, the uh, you need to come and repair it flag. Yeah. But um, Mike Bennett still battling away for that fourth position, looking to hand over the championship leading car to Duncan Tappy in as good order, both mechanically and in terms of position, that he possibly can. I should say, by the way, Christian Olsen is on pit lane. I think I've seen him set three or four fastest middle sectors in that attempt at a recovery drive. It's a spirited offering from Christian. And a great overtake on the racing experience car of Charlie Martin, I remember. He also took one or two others too before the first stop for the team to try and repair the car. And it sounds like now the whole rear section's being brought off the car. The difficulty is it's that sort of under tray section that needs replacing, and that is not a quick job. Late on the brakes here for the number four car of John Schaumann. He can't make the corner though at the Retifilio. That was John on Claudio Sedanovic, the 55 car and won't be able to gain a place now that he rejoins after taking to the escape route. Indeed, loses a place to Rob Hodes in the offing. I've, uh, you know, I've got one eye on what's going on in pit lane, by the way. I've never seen so many tyre wraps offered up to a car. It literally was two fists full of them. Wow. Um, I'm not sure they're going to let this car go again. The four car then having to go right and left and right again through the uh, tight sort of plasticky uh, boxes there that are designed to be hit if they have to be if the car's out of control it's not concrete blocks down there but if you do just outbreak yourself like John Showman then you have to do the gentlemanly thing and uh, take to the escape route make sure that you don't gain time or indeed a position that was Christian rejoin that was Christian Olsen's car I wonder if they're going to replace it with the rear deck from the LMS car that's in the garage next oh, to them really okay Christian's other car yeah well it's possible but with over an hour to go there is obviously track time that you're waving goodbye to here so 
it could become a test session for RLRM Sport, and maybe yeah. they're keen for that. I'm sure that's the case, and, and we can see now we're hearing from Luis Beckett that so they are indeed looking to repair that part. Okay. And there's and, and a bit of a rush. This is a, remember this is the Championship defending team RLR yep. from the ELMS, looking to do as good a job as they possibly can for their young driver who's in this Michelin Le Mans Cup for well they can't you can't not their never say die oh, attitude no. and you know persistence is key so you just keep on knocking at the door get the car back in the race and uh, you're not going to get a result today but the extra track time as I say for Christian's uh, father might be useful considering the later portion of the season so Tom Olsen yet to drive that car there it is, the 14 machine minus the engine cover now, but definitely work taking place. Yeah, it's where the impact was in that corner. It's taken a mighty bite, hasn't it, after that rear diffuser and bodywork. Yeah, and the whole legality panel no longer there either. Meantime, back on track. And what's going on with this lead battle? Still under a second, nine-tenths of a second, with Tony Wells not making much of an impact on this. A couple of tenths here and there. He's uh, three and a half seconds back still. And now got the 24 car ahead. They're coming up to lap the 22nd place car overall of Mike Gouache. There's going to be lots of uh, silver-rated drivers licking their lips at this prospect, oh, I yes. think, because the bronze-rated bronze drivers have done a terrific job to keep their cars in the mix. And we're not talking about huge margins here. It's a big gap from second to third. The battle then, I mean, third to fourth, still only nine-tenths of a second as Benham is troubling through yeah, every every stretch of the way. And I think once that battle evolves into Duncan Tappy versus Adrian Trouillet, yeah, it's going to be fabulous. We're, what, maybe three, four laps ahead uh, away from the pit lane window. Yeah. And this is becoming Johnny Palmer. If this stays green, no sign of it not doing that. Um, has real potential for a cracker of a finish. Everybody's sort of holding station right now. Yes, we haven't got, you know, endless overtaking at the head of the order, but Francois Kerman is doing his job, making sure he stays with Michael Markerson, and that will be important when the drivers are switched around because Kia Racing have employed their silver-rated driver first of all and still only have this 0.6 of a second lead. So Joachim Fried is going to have his work cut out when, for instance, the number three car is changed to Lawrence Herr. We'll have Colin Noble installed in the number two car to take over from Tony Wells. Adrian Truier from Eric Truier, Duncan Tappy from Mikey Benham, as I say. In the other DKR engineering car, it's Maratiotto right now. It's Marco Cencetti, another silver driver, still to come. Once, oh! Once, oh, once, I was just about to say, once again, the Ligier manages to get a car between him and the man trying to get on the tail of the leading car but almost in doing so overcooks it on the exit the second chicane that cost Marcus a little bit of time but still the DKR car has not managed to make the move so it is going to give Felicia an opportunity to just pull out that gap a little incredible moment though and Michael Marcus did so well to hang on to that with a couple of wheels in the gravel which is very close to the edge of the track on the exit of the chicane. Now that the, uh, the Norma clears it, but there's big traffic ahead for this pair. It's going to be a matter of just how well they can deal with it. Four and a half minutes until the pit lane opens. And that was a much better run down to back straight from the Norma 
Has he got an opportunity here to do this on the start-finish stretch, Johnny Palmer? Look yeah, how close this about is. It, didn't he? Yeah, and Francois Kerman then can't do it at the Parabolica, but what about the exit out of this long right-hander, which brings them onto the start-finish over the timing line. The gap's going to stretch out very slightly now to three, four, five car lengths. He's got a great run through Parabolica, the Ligier man. Yes. Uh, Markerson, yeah. Where's he going to catch this stream of traffic? Looks to the inside. There's no room there for the Norman to get through. Meantime, behind them, Tony Wells has now got a similar task in hand. Sergio Pianzola taking three-tenths of a second out of Fabian Laverne last time around, and he's just done his best sector one time, Pianzola. So those two cars are going to, when they get to the pit stops, be separated by a handful of seconds, maybe six or seven. Three LMP3 cars before we get to the lead battle, the red and silver car, then the orange and black car, then the other two cars in the mix in traffic, and then Tony Wells in the blue and white car. Looks a little bit like a, well, a miniature Peugeot from back in the day, that car in its, uh, in its Nielsen Racing livery. Well, we've got the, the Mini Toyota with the uh, Lannan car, we which is one of a Mini Peugeot as well. Absolutely, yeah, why not? Uh, Kind of baby prototype replicas of former Le Mans winning cars. So out of the left-hander at Seraglio comes the uh, bit of lappery now necessary for Michael Markerson, overtaking John Sharman. They both get through. They the amazing pair get through on the number four car. This, by the way, is the car for 21st overall. Next up is going to be the battling 23 and 55. As one of the cars runs well wide there. Through on the 23, they go. Both, no, only one that managed through there is number three car going to manage to get it done into Parabolica just. So getting ahead of Rob Hodes there in 23 is Kerman to ensure the gap doesn't grow too much to the Kio racing car which leads overall. Number three, DKR in second, and who was it running it was wide? The, the United Hodes. Man. It was Hodes, he obviously got his mirrors full of this battle. Yeah. The dust will take a further lap to clear fully from the exit of the Ascari chicane. Still, this battle pack continues then between Kia Racing and DKR Engineering, now sandwiched between slower LMP3 cars. It's the Claudius of Tadanovic, number 55 car, is the next car to be dealt with. Neatly done up the inside from the leading car. Again, it's pulled out a little bit, just a little bit here in traffic. Masterfully done, actually, by the Kia Racing man under huge pressure but has soaked it up really very well indeed and the man who's suffered here is Tony Wells by the way as he's still got cars to clear and is dropping time Gat still coming down in GT3 6.3 seconds now so a further 0.4 found by Sergio Pianazzola on Fabian Laverne that might be traffic induced but it sets things up very tastily indeed for the second stint it's going to be another lap after this one for the leading pair of East. And what a Kia Racing can do, can they keep Michael Markerson in that car for as long as possible? Because you can stretch the window, as we said, to 65 I minutes. I think you keep, him, you keep him out there. If you believe you've got the quicker driver in the car, you keep him out there. Yeah. Meets. Then, I mean, leaving it too long, there might be some sort of caution, and then you might be able to get back to the pit lane in time, but that's a gamble worth taking when it is the silver-rated driver starting the race. This is the battle for 16th position overall, 14th in LMP3 between the United Autosports car Jim Maguire, Claudio Vaglio in the number 96 cool racing car, 
And up the inside goes the Cool Racing Man. Does he do it? Getting up Jim McGuire. Does him again. He clatters the 96 over the curbs on the exit, the first chicane. So Jim McGuire just waited for that to unfold in front of him. Yeah. Watch it again. Up the inside. Came in really rather too hot. Couldn't quite make the turn. The gap opens up for the American. Through he goes. I'll have that back. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah. And... Uh, Valio, Christian Valio doing the right thing there, not putting the power down, allowing the Jim Maguire car back by before then he accelerated out of the second bit of the first game, realising his mistake. There'll be an opportunity in the near future for maybe Christian to try that again. That's for 14th and 15th positions then in the LMP3 category. And they are behind the two GT3 leaders. The first pit lane callers and these... Well, yeah, we are. 55 yeah. minutes. Oh, I was in. looking at the wrong clock then. No, <laughs> we're, thinking. we're in the That's we're in the window, just not for the leaders because they've gone back around. Indeed. So 30 and 90 from ninth and tenth position of all Jacques Wolf and Alexander Talkinitsa Senior are in. Those two were in very close contention as they came in. CD Sport 80 Racing. Of course, we'll drop down the order. We get into that 10-minute period where things just take a little while. In comes the eight. Sergio Piazzola and Charlie Martin is in as well. So too is EB Motors. So gaggle of cars on pit lane. Here comes Tony Wells to the outside, trying to do, do what he can to deal with this traffic. It's taken him a while to get into this battle. And has dropped maybe three or four seconds to the leaders as a result of that. Also in the 96 car from Cool Racing. CD Sport then, Jack Wolf to hand over to Kevin Ball Bassanson of France. Um, we'll see how Ball Bassanson gets on for the Spanish uh, flagged team. Both are still cars, together, aren't they? Uh, together, but they've also gone through for another lap. They've not pitted at the first opportunity. In fact, the first of the leading group to pit is Mike Benham from fifth. He will hand that car over, the 25 car, to Duncan Tappy. So he's keen to get Dunk into the car as quickly as he possibly can. That might be have a part to play here. Came in, by the way, something like 20 seconds back from the lead battle. So it was Christoph Horwick, the 51 car. And that car from fourth position in GT3. Pianetzola's already stopped. Mara Kilomir staying out and the race leader in GT3 staying out. Sanatini in the Krypton car. Ahead of him, Andrew Howard is in, in the Beach Dean car. So the GT battle is the one that's going to take shape earlier yes Ross Gunn will take over in the 99 car confidence from Lucic Racing though to keep Fabian Laverne at the wheel of his car and Mauro Calamir is the silver anyway so that would be the sensible thing for Scuderia Vior the Corsa to do to keep uh, Calamir driving for as long as possible before handing over to Roberto Pampanini. Yeah, Charlie Martin, I'm afraid, and the 96 car of Christian Vaglio reported to the stewards for speeding in the pit lane. There will be undoubtedly a penalty to come there. In comes the, ra the uh, Lusic racing car from again into the top ten overall. Kyle Boll Bassasson, as I said, taking over the CD Sport car then and rejoining a much longer stop than it needed to be for AT Racing. Alexander Talkinitsa Jr. taking that number 90 car over, but they were well over two and a half minutes when comparing to CD Sport, they did a 2.07. Into the pit lane come the two leading cars and the Nielsen Racing car from third position. Graf Racing stays out for now. 
Tarek Trillier will go long on this stint. In comes Markison and Kierman and Tony Wells. Trillier for the lead for the moment, the number nine car. So, tyres going in, fuel being done as well as the driver change right now at the number three squad. So, that is uh, Francois Kierman out and Laurent Her in. It looked a little odd, that looked like the car went down. They're having wheels changed, perhaps, and now they're doing the driver change at the same time as fuel. Interesting. Yeah, but the fuel hadn't got on. Right, so an attachment with the nozzle problem, you think, potentially. That rear, right rear wheel's troublesome going on to the Ferrari, but it has now been seated correctly. As in another 45 seconds' time, we will be at half distance. Everything cool and calm and collected at Keo Racing then with uh, an opportunity for the screen to be cleaned as well as the seconds tick by remember these are minimum minimum time pit stops so you can't breach the regulation time and therefore you're not as hurried as you might see in the European Le Mans series being reported as slow on track yellow flag at turn 7 now so which car is that? That a car that's had trouble coming out of the pits. We'll find out soon enough. I'm now starting to think, and this is me fessing up to the fact that I didn't check the, the minimum time for these pit stops, but at 2.07... Oh, it's oh, gone, big, it's been big off. Big incident. Is that, is that the is racing experience car? It looks like it, certainly, from the rear. Uh, we'll try and identify that with... Well, it's shown as stopped on the circuit as well, yeah. David Hauser, the man from Luxembourg. This is outlap, I think. And possibly a wheel coming loose from that car. But yes, the, the 207 from CD Sport stands out to me as being much quicker than everybody else's ter in terms of a pit stop time. So are they going to be pinged for breaching the regulation time limit? Kia Racing are out. DKR, uh, though, are not. And out ahead of them is Nielsen Racing. So Nielsen Racing, in the hands of Colin Noble, look at Creed uh, just ahead... DKR now leave with Lawrence Hur, but Duncan Tappy has leapfrogged the number three car. So the cars that have, pit have stopped, it's now 43 from two from 25 from three. And the stock car being shown at turn seven, which is, is the 11, but it's Lesmo 2. Um, and I think possibly... Was that on the exit of Lesmo 2 then? Well, it was reported slow between 6 and 7, then stopped. Might be able to see it here as the cars work their way through. Yes, there, there it, is. it is. So it's the exit of the second Lesmo to driver's right. And there's certainly a wheel off the rear left corner, I think. As we've got still the top four remaining in the pit lane. Or the top four as they're locked in at this point in the race. But the former race leader, Kia Racing number 43, was still trying to work out where that is when all this unravels. The, um, it looked to me as well, by the way, there was some bodywork missing from that car, but it was an odd angle. Yeah. So it'd be better if we get a better shot of it, we'll let you know on that one. But Kia Racing certainly turned their car around pretty well. We wait and see whether or not the CD Sport uh, is an extremely good pit stop or one that's over the question. I have a feeling it's 2.10 somehow, 2 minutes and 10 seconds, which is exactly what Kessel and Racing did in the number 50 Racing. and Nielsen Racing. What we don't get is the tenths and hundredths and thousandths of seconds, and these pit stops are timed to that margin. 
but if it's displayed as a 210 on our clock, I reckon that's legal. The 207 Absolutely. is questionable for me for the number 30 car. You then look to the teams that, that took rather longer, and one of those is DKR Engineering number 3 car, the number 5 sister car, by the way, reported for speeding in Britain as well. You've got one of the other cars there, uh, BHK of 232. They've dropped time in the pit stops. There's a 239 there somewhere. That is the AT Racing team, so there's been a variety of times, something like 30 seconds between the uh, the quickest pit stop times and the slower ones. And trouble for the number nine car. Exit the first chicane. That is Adrian Cloutier on his outlap. He emerged fourth position, but they lose that place. Didn't see the start of the incident, I'm afraid. I was distracted by something else. That's a look here. Comes through, and is there contact? No, no. no oh, you nearly collected the two cars behind as it well. It was contact straight afterwards, but that wasn't what caused the spin, was it? So the number nine car looping, Adrian Schiller, Adrian Trier, I should say, and that caused problems for the number four and another car behind, Nico Ronde, driving the number four car from Cool Racing. So, Tappy Hur looks to be the battle for overall honours with 56 minutes to go. Everybody has now made a pit stop. The 39 Graph car, the last of the regular cars to do so. And that's a car that has already had a run down pit lane as a penalty for jump starts. Seems to have some trouble starting the car here. Oh, they're still trying to fix the bodywork on a 39 car as well, because front right yeah. was rattling around for the whole stint, the front left is now missing its lens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the left side uh, headlight lens has gone, and that's also caused damage, or has damage just above it as well on the wind itself. Anyway, Ferrari number 71, this is still the class leader, uh, still shown as Fabian Laverne on our screen. Yeah. That's not right, is it? No, Giacomo Puccini right. is beginning to make inroads as well into the 71 car's advantage. So the Lutich Racing and Kessel Racing cars, the 39 car leaves pit road. 71, yes, has made a stop. Yes. Two minutes, 16 seconds. So Laverne should actually read now uh, co-driver Michael Mack. I'm sure that's the case. The next lap time will tell us properly because Michael Mack generally a little faster than Fabian Laverne although it's pretty close because let's face it Fabian Laverne just about the quickest bronze driver in the entry this weekend Alex Mortimer up the inside of the number 90 car that's for 8th position the Grey Market Racing car something over a minute off the lead gaps at the moment uh, with 55 minutes to go it is the Kia Racing car leads, leads the 43 car Jochen Reed, as it has from the start, and we're going to go to full course yellow in just a few moments. Now, Talkanitsa Jr. making a move on the number 20 car. We'll get that done before the full course yellow, so a well-timed overtake. That That's was, for eighth place on Alex Mortimer. That was retaking the place, wasn't it? It was retaking the place. Alex had just taken that place. And I wonder if he got a call about full course yellow and was just unsighted by it. Uh, no, that, but it was Tokenitsa Jr. on Mortimer. No, no, it, Mortimer had just taken the place from him. OK. Just previously. Well, this was the overtake I saw, and number 90 overtaking the 20, and in the braking area, and that had changed moments before it. So, well, well, right, so was were the grain market racing driver, Alex Mortimer, do you think he got the message I about a caution? Got, I think he got the message about a caution, and I think he was just wary about exactly... 
yeah, when I it was going to kick in. Absolutely. Wow. New fastest lap of the race, by the way, came just before that full course caution came out. That came to uh, Colin Noble. And I, but uh, two seconds off the lead before the caution came in. Oh, oh now by that the way. looks much better at RLR. That's much better. So the bullet is now back in position. More racer tape being applied well they're trying to put more sheets on but it's not ta it's not tacking quite as it should we'll leave them to that as we look back then on highlights and many of them for the opening hour and a bit of the second race of the year for the 2019 michelin le mans cup so many cars 30 of them streaming over the line then and down towards the very tight right and left hander at the Retifilio chicane amazingly everybody seemed to get through one car off onto the grass was Mauro Calamir he did some of those overtakes I think therefore off the track and was later pinged for a jump start anyway there was a clash for the number 51 Ferrari we didn't see the incident itself but another car was involved and also the 54 SPS automotive performance car of Dexter Muller clashing with the Christian Olsen uh, number 14 machine and Christian Olsen carrying damage after that as well, which is still, would you believe, being fixed in the pit lane. The 30 car, Jack Wolf making a good move on one of the cool racing cars. Mikey Benham up the inside here of Adrian Schiller in the 39 uh, damaged car, and that was damaged very early on in the stint. Interestingly, at that stage of the race, though, it still had the lens in place on the front uh, left headlight, so that went later on. And the number 90 car, which was Alexander Taukanitsa Senior, uh, almost involved in an incident that happened right behind him, which was a spin for the United Auto Sports car of Rob Hodes. Plenty happening for Hodes during his stint. Mike Guash into the back of Sergio Pianazzola. Squealer tyre was mainly from Guash's car, which swapped ends very quickly indeed. He fought around the, in the gearbox to find a forward gear, and I feared that there'd been some damage to the Sergio Pianazzola Ferrari. Fortunately for those guys, that wasn't the case at Kessel. An off-track moment for Mark Crader in his grain market racing car on the exit of the first chicane, and this was Christian Olsen's machine. Then Tom Olsen awaiting his chance to take over, but much work required from RLR Sport before the car could rejoin the race. Overcooking the first chicane, John Showerman just outbreaking himself, but got out of it okay, taking to the escape road. He actually lost the place net as a result of that very slight error. The 71 Ferrari Fabian Laverne has led every lap, I think, of the GT3 so far, the GT3 race with Lucif racing just ahead of Giacomo Puccini now. Still being shown as Fabian Laverne, interestingly, on our timing screen. That will be Mikkel Mack, though. Uh, having that car's made a stop without a doubt. Keo Racing then so strong after the first stint and Joachim Fried continuing to lead the race after a good stop. Two minutes and 14 seconds. 7.8 seconds is the lead margin over Colin Noble and a rapid-looking Duncan Tappy. That is your top three then as we are currently full course yellow and the Aston Martin leaving the second chicane there. As we can get some news in a moment or two, uh, from the pit lane, the number five car, DKR Engineering, heading through the chicane as well. And Graf with an entertaining race so far. Their best car is in sixth place. Let's hear from the team now with Louise Beckett. Well, we've seen the 39 go back out after fixing all the damage. You did so well to last so long with the front of your car flapping around. What was wrong? How did it happen? 
Yes, it was a very long race because uh, in the turn one I touched my teammate, the car nine, and uh, I lost a lot of performance on the car uh, in the speed corner. It was very, very hard. So I do what, what I can and uh, finish uh, my uh, stint. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I think there was a secondary incident as well, which, uh, unless, of course, the vibration caused that breakage on the headlight in the front left corner, but uh, an amazing stint from Adrian Schiller. And Nico Schatz now, the former French hill climb champion, multi-champion, has taken that car over. So there you go, Nicola. Uh, bring it home, son. <laughs> With the car in, in almost bits. But I think Graf have done a good job in taping much of that up again. So one hour done. In fact, an hour and ten minutes now done, and Kia Racing lead under the full-course yellow from the Nielsen Racing machine of Colin Noble. Joachim Fried, by the way, drives the race-leading car. Duncan Tappy taking over at Lannan. Laurence Herr for DKR Engineering is fourth, and in fifth place, Kyle Boll, sorry, Kevin Boll, Bassasson for CD Sport. GT3 uh, up to tenth overall still. Mikkel Mack driving the Lucic Racing Ferrari ahead of Giacomo Piccini for Kessel Racing. 71 and 8, then tenth and eleventh overall. And you've got to look all the way down to 18th position overall for the next GT3. Spirit of Race, Maurizio Mediani in car 51. Then it's Ross Gunn in the Aston Martin from Beach Dean and fifth in category, Krypton Motorsport with uh, Pezuki, Stefano Pezuki in car 35. Uh, not too far, I don't think, before getting this race back to green flag running. We've seen the Mani 2 lifting the number 11 car uh, with, you're absolutely right, a rear wheel completely missing. Didn't li look at that angle to be any body work damage, so I think just unable to get it back with no drive to one side of the car. Full course yellow is still on. Watching some interesting variants in the full course yellow times on some of these cars running everything from 4.08 to 4.21 on what should be the same speed limiter. Yes. Well, that's going to be looked at without a doubt. I mean, it's looked at as a matter of course at the end of a full course yellow because we get penalties sort of 10, 15 minutes after each one. Uh, also confirmation, by the way, that it is 2 minutes 10 that is the bogey time for the pit stops. That should mean that there's potential problems ahead for the fifth place car. The number 30 CD Sport car came out of the pits uh, with 2.07 on the clock. Uh, plaudits to Nielsen Racing and to who was the other car that you mentioned? It was one of the lead GT cars, wasn't it? At 2.10 dead. Uh, yes. It was Kessel, Kessel Racing's 50, 50 car. car, the Ollie Hancock John Hartshorn car. Three, two, one, green track is back to green. And we go back to green flag running with the words spoken by. Well, race director Eduardo Freitas uh, down towards the first chicane comes a little battling GT between the MG and the Lamborghini yes and I'm trying to work out whether that was actually for position because Stevie S isn't on the same lap as, uh, as Stefano Pazuki no, is he but it could have been an incredible start there for the Scuderia Viola Corsa Huracan number 83 but actually he was battling with Krypton Motorsports Pazuki's Mercedes which is 5th the Lamborghini is 8th so we'll keep an eye on what happens with the leading group as they come to complete the lap now. There's a five-second gap. Uh, I can feed to Colin Noble. I swear that was 2.7 before we went to caution. Well, 
as I say, the full course yellow speeds are closely observed, whether that be automatically or there are ways as well of tracking the cars around the map, not just in the three sectors. I'm sure Alcamel installed one or two secret uh, sectors as well, the sneaky timing line that nobody knows about, just to judge that sort of thing. And there's the message that we get at the end of every caution, FCY speeds under investigation. We've got the yellow flag at turn nine and ten, so someone is off the road by the look of things. Unless we've got some debris down there. Turns 9 and 10 being the Ascari chicane, there is a car off uh, in the distance. It's a prototype, an LMP3 machine. I'm going to hand over to Graham Goodwin at this point to identify it. Uh, it's a dark Lugier. BHK? BHK, spot on. Oh, I'm better than I think. Uh, BHK is the Manino car then. So that was driven by Giacomo Baratto for the opening stint and has been taken over by Francesco Manino of Italy, two bronzes actually in amongst that squad. Now, news on RLR, the 14 cars not had an ideal race, let's hear from Christian Olsen with Luke. Not an ideal race at all for Christian Olsen and uh, good, good on the team for keeping going and persevering to try and fix the car. I believe the initial incident probably happened with the GT at the beginning that gave you some damage. Yeah, so we were heading down into turn one um, and I managed to overtake the Porsche and the Ferrari, um, no, the Mercedes. And um, I guess he outbraked himself, couldn't avoid hitting me in the rear and that took both of us out. I think ended both of our races in, uh, in reality. So it's a shame. Well, you did really well to go back up the field. Yeah, yeah. The second time I got called into the pits for repairs, it was really disappointing because I felt like I was still able to keep on going. The uh, the impact had actually um, put the toe out on the on the rear left uh, wheel, so the car was actually handling differently as well. On top of that, we had the piece of the tail that was sticking up, creating loads of drag. So there's only so much we could do, um, but we tried our best. You know, you can only keep going. Absolutely. So was it the team that called you in or the officials that the first time you came in? Well, the officials told the team that they had to call me in for repairs and they did one repair. Then we went back out and then they, I believe the structure wasn't, um, I don't know, good enough. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, so that was a message from uh, yeah. from above, as it were, rather than the team saying um, best to get in. Correctly so, uh, yeah, yeah. I have to say. It's just way, we didn't get those messages on the screen, I don't remember anyway. Tearing up to the, the back of the lead car, though, Colin Noble, that was five seconds, remember, a lap ago. That's now down to under two seconds, and I think by the time they cross the line, it's going to be under one. So the young Scott now getting onto terms with the Kia racing car. The 43 car has led, other than through the pit stops from the very start, but with his tail up. I think the 29 ver uh, 2019 version of Alan McNish, uh, call it when uh, Colin Noble is developing into, he's a feisty young Scot, very, very quick. And I think this young man is going to be something of a star of the future without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Pit stop, by the way, for car 30 is under investigation. We're getting good at this, Johnny. Funnily enough. And through they come to complete the lap. Well, that was, remember, five seconds just over a lap ago. Colin Noble looks set, I think, to take the lead, possibly here into the first game. Here comes the 22-year-old then from Edinburgh, Scotland, originally, and darting out of line then, the number two car. I almost said seven there because it is in the other ELMS race, but late on the brakes, and Joachim Fried tried to hold him back but just couldn't. And now we're going to see, I'm sure, the number two car disappear up the road. He's going to have to because coming coming quickly is Duncan Tappy in the third place car, London Racing, the 25. Fastest level of the race for Duncan last time through, 146.632. 
he's only five and a half seconds back from this pair so the Kia racing car still just about with Colin Noble Duncan Tappy appearing now at the second chicane in third position so bear in mind the United Autosports Ligier is not in the lead group that's a car uh, um, one lap off for the leaders is that Matt Bell not necessarily no, that won't be that United Autosports car but Matt Bell remains on the lead lap and is charging 24. incredibly hard it's the 24 so Matt Bell the man from the northeast of England doing the 149.3 last time around that is quicker than a number of cars ahead Duncan Tappy with a brand new fastest lap of the race he's even quicker through sector one on this lap as well and sector two purple sectors for both of those ahead of him on the road Colin Noble going quickly Duncan Tappy going more quickly Lawrence Hurt trying to hang on to this pair this is cracking stuff at the latest race we said we thought this might come together nicely we've got potentially 40 minutes of this Johnny yeah. uh, to look forward to finally by the way the uh, tubbing screen reflects the fact that it is Mikkel Mack aboard the number 71 car he's got Matt Bell between uh, Matt Bell between him and the Giacomo Puccini car the BHK car meanwhile is the car that was in trouble at turn 10 and 11 hearing from Louise Beckett that car has stopped in pit lane yeah. with serious damage to the rear so well, that, so I think it's been backwards into the barrier you know who they need to call the RLRM Sport they're lads. very good they've probably got the, uh, the plans they've done for that they'll turn it round in about five minutes um, but a big I mean you don't have a small offer on the exit of Escari and it ended up on the, on the left side of that uh, route out of the triple element chicane it's a fastest lap of the race for Duncan Tappy again, and 146.399. Only just a little off that, 146.454 is the responding Colin Noble. Meantime, there will be a three-second stop-and-go penalty for the CD Sport car, currently in seventh position. It's dropped back a position for not having respected the minimum pit stop time. And that three seconds is the three seconds they were short, yeah. but of course they suffer the run-through pit lane again as well. Yeah. It's actually Garrett Grist ahead of Duncan Tappy rather than Wayne Boyd. So that's the 23 car, the man from Grimsby. No, not that one. One in Ontario, Canada. And actually, Garrett Grist is going to prove quite difficult for Duncan Tappy to lap, I would think. Might be the need for some blue flags relatively soon because, as I say, that United Autosports car with the red door mirrors not on the lead lap. The 25 car is in third behind Kia Racing, number 43, and behind the number two car, which is now threading the eye of the needle between the 14 RLR M-Sport car and the Ferrari, which is second in GT3. Giacomo Puccini sensibly staying high, wide and handsome to, stay, to steer clear of the overall race leader. Well done by both those cars. Away goes Colin Noble. He's well away and clear there. But Duncan Tappy closing in very rapidly indeed now on the second place. Ligier, the 43 car, uh, from Kia Racing, Jochen Free beginning to struggle now, uh, feeling the heat a little. Remember, this is the team that started their quicker driver, Jochen Free, despite the fact they did so well in qualifying, is the less qualified driver in the Kia Racing car. Oh, and it goes straight on, and that's an easy pass for position for Duncan Tappy. He'll have to cede that position to Duncan. Where he goes. So anyway. I think there's some extra polystyrene blocks in place on the escape route, so it's impossible to actually maintain position unless you're as good as Russell Swift through uh, things like that and break turn your, your way out of the escape route. Duncan Tappy shaping up Garrett Grist again for a bit of lappery yeah. to ensure clear road ahead. He still can't do it, though. Okay, Garrett should be letting him go here at this point. This is not a battle position. He gets the blue flags. flag. Up the inside goes Tappy and away. 
And at the next timing, uh, timing point, we will see what that gap is. So About safely five through, seconds. but now straight into the path of Tom Olsen, who again will be shown uh, blue flags because he's many laps down, sadly, for RLR. Uh, and that was the Kyoto car going straight on for a moment to go. More penalties coming the way this time of the 96 and the 5 car. The 5 car is the 7th place DKO engineering car. Drive-through penalty for speeding in the pit lane for that car. And for the 96, which is where in the order? 96 is 22nd. <laughs> Uh, it's the cool racing car, 17th in class, and being driven now by Romain Carton from France, who's the uh, uh, silver, taking over from Christian Valio. That's more to be meanwhile on terms now with the number 90 car, the 80 reset racing car in the hands of Alexander Duncan. It's a junior now. This is for eighth overall, and Alex Mortimer closing, closing, closing. Mouget ahead, Noah behind. Through the Curva Grande, and in a moment or two, the second of the chicanes will home into view and darting from one side of the track to the other to an attempt an overtake there was Alex Mortimer. Can't get the move done. Are both of these cars being caught by Matt Bell? Yes, yes they are. but he's a little 16 back. seconds back, yeah. isn't he? But he will be with them relatively shortly, continuing this sort of speed. Michael Mack, Giacomo Bacini, 6.7 seconds. That's pretty much as it was with the other drivers in. Gap to watch in the lead battle at the moment is six seconds between Colin Noble and Duncan Tappy, with both cars having cleared that traffic. Further back, Matter is now getting onto terms with Jochen Fried for third. That is 11 seconds back from Colin Noble. CD Sports make their stop for that three-second stop and hold. Uh, got to make sure that this pit stop is the right time uh, of course it's only timed as the car is stationary rather than from pit in to pit out which is your standard way of timing a pit stop new fastest lap for car number three so that's a, a car personal best time for Laurence Hur taking over from his teammate at the stops Francois Kerman so at the moment he's quicker he's actually not quite he's quicker sorry than uh, Duncan Tappy last time around but not quite as quick and a flying Colin Noble who's put another half a second on Duncan Tappy great response from this pair well, 35 minutes to go Marco Cencetti wants to look at for two in sixth position the other DKR engineering car that's the all green machine as the battle now commences between the third and fourth place machines and free going wide through the parabolica so that's an easy pass in the end for Laurence Hur should be confirmed at the timing line at the end of this lap and is. That's now so 11.3 seconds is the gap. Six seconds, first to second, a further 5.4 seconds to third. And then just behind, of course, Jochen Fried now drops back into fourth position. Through the first chicane comes the third place car, Laurence Hur. He's now got clear air ahead of him for the first time in quite a while. What can he do with that? Can he start to make inroads in the leading pair? Garrett Chris, the next car uh, behind the 43, but not on the lead lap. So, in a sense, Joachim Fried could allow that car to slip by. And the 96 car, sorry, the 90 car rather, which is not on the lead lap either, is it? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back on the way for fifth position, Adrian Trullier is beginning to fall into the clutches of the chasing uh, Sanchetti in the DKR number five car so it's a further stop and go penalty I'm afraid for CD Sport remember they came in for that stop and three second hold for a short pit stop 
spinning the wheels at the end of the pit stop. I'm afraid he's going to see them down for another stop and go penalty. Oh, no. That, uh, yes, uh, often it never rains, but it pours with those penalties that start off with a niggly issue. Is charging at the inside, or at least attempting to, Joachim Free. That wouldn't have been a move for, for a position. Uh, but this definitely was the 43 car Kia Racing running a touch wide at the Parabolica. That opened the door then for Laurence Hurt to slot through and into third position. And these are moments that happened a little earlier on in the race, but it's been incident-packed stuff in the LMP3 category particularly. Fastest lap of the race overall goes to the leading car. Colin Noble, a 146.058. Pulls up just a few more tenths, valuable tenths over the second place car. The second quicker that time around than third place for once her. Yep. So keeping a keen eye on the lap times being offered by both Noble and Tappy, that's the race victory you sense unless Lawrence Hur can pull something amazing out of the fire. Joachim Free, despite having cars overtake him over the last few laps, isn't losing positions here because they're all lapped cars. Adrian Truyer is the next car he needs to be worried about 52 seconds further down the road and with 33 minutes to go a top four definitely possible here for Keo Racing of Denmark the 43 crew crew still relatively new to the Michelin Le Mans Cup. I have a feeling they did a Road to Le Mans event they well did. before getting we've, involved they've been, they've been some time entrants into the Michelin Le Mans Cup. We've had a couple of races where they've done one-offs yeah but uh, very welcome full season edition this this year. Well, 14th place at Paul Ricard. If they can get 10 places better than that, just at one race on, that will be a fabulous result. It does seem at the moment as if Jochen Fried is struggling a little for pace. We'll keep an eye on that, whether or not there's a problem with the car or just out of rhythm at the moment. Trillier at the moment uh, pulling bits out of that lead. Four seconds quicker last time around. And the number 30 car, CD Sport, back into another penalty, as we've said, for the spinning of the wheels. 71, Mikkel Mack still leading GT3 from this car, the number 8 machine of Giacomo Piccini. There's a gap of 8 seconds to Mikkel Mack, and Piccini just doing a 150.9, Mikkel Mack a 150.1. So last time around the gap extended, but it really is dependent on which cars you're catching at any one particular time, and whether they're in clumps of traffic, as so often it is the case around here at Monza. He's pretty soon going to have to deal with traffic from the other direction because Garrett Grist is catching the GT leader. An interesting moment. Meanwhile, Colin Noble, another fastest lap of the race, and the first one in the 145s now, 145.992 from Scott. He's 7.2 seconds ahead, and Duncan Tappy, whilst he's not catching Noble, is pulling away just a little from Lawrence Hur. Those gaps are coming out. It's 14 seconds between the three now. It was 11, just two laps ago. Side-by-side, GT3 versus LMP3 with the number 35, Krypton Motorsport. Mercedes then having the inside line at King Pizzeraglio and allowing through Marco Cencetti for DKR. And the green and black DKR engineering, Norma. So on pace, what could be done in the last half an hour? Well, certainly, there's question about who's going to finish fourth in this race. Pace is beginning to drop off from Jochen Fried in fourth. He's got quite a gap to Adrian Trullier. And Trullier is being caught by Alex Mortimer. 21 seconds that gap with 30 minutes to go. To the further back, Matt Bell, as always, has got his dander up. He's in the 47s. He's got a gaggle of cars ahead. Tanchetti and Tanganitsa Jr. that are within 
range if he can maintain that pace. So the top ten is not settled here. Certainly not. Uh, Kevin Bolbassasson rejoining for CD Sport after a second penalty. And let's hope it can be a clean race from this point on then for the tenth placed LMP3 machine. Mikkel Mack is only 2.4 seconds behind that car now. Garrett Grist also trying to work his way towards the top ten for United Autosports and bringing Wade Boyd with him, 2.6 between them. About to say, the three United Autosports cars are within five places, stretched from ninth yes. down to 13th, uh, 13th, and all making progress in terms of time right now. So this race got some shape, but there are gaps to be attacked, and there's plenty of guys quick enough in this race now to attack those gaps still around that half hour to go no sign of that rain it's not so far still the blossom in the air confusing me for certain shots around the track particularly the run down towards the Ascari chicane inside the final half an hour Ross Gunn building a lead on Stefano Pizzucchi now as the Beach Dean Aston has established itself into fourth position ahead of the Krypton Motorsport Mercedes in GT3 Roberto Pampanini taking over the number seven Mercedes that Mauro Calamia drove in the opening stint. A podium not out the question here for the Aston Martin. Maurizio Mediani's pace is just off a little, gets, recovers it that time around, but there's only, what is that, uh, six, seven seconds between the third-placed 51 Ferrari and the 99 Aston Martin, albeit with the 39 uh, Graf Racing Norma between the two. So that's not done yet either. Marco Cianchetti making quick work there of Alexander Taukanitsa Jr. to bag him seventh position. So that's the five, more, uh, the five Norma taking, a, taking the spot that was earlier claimed by the 80 Racing Ligier. Three Normas then lead overall from the Joachim Fried JSP3. Then there's three more Normas, Truyer ahead of Mortimer and Cianchetti and then Taukanitsa Jr. and Matt Bell. But Matt is circulating much more quickly than the Belarusian ahead. Yeah, Matt Bell looks like he's got the 18 racing car in his sights. Also, the current pace, I think Alex Martin is going to catch Adrian Trulier before the end of this race as well. So, places up for grabs, and then we get into the usually outrageous luck that falls somebody's way in the last 15, 20 minutes of every single Michelin Le Mans Cup race, as we saw the DKR5 car there just <laughs> power sliding through the exit of the curve. Absolutely. Drifting. Cenchetti through uh, Lesmo 1. Yeah, no awesome points for sadly, otherwise they've been storming up the order. Fabulous stuff, though. Just shows how manoeuvrable these cars can be, and they can certainly be flung around uh, with the confidence in the downforce. Here's the squadron of United Autosports cars. They've both got past the GT leader. Sensible for Mikel Mack to allow that to happen, I think. Garrett Grist is through ahead of Wayne Boyd. They're not now up to 11th and 12th places overall. And what's their pace looking like? Well, with the traffic, drop back just a little. But at the moment, Boyd's pace is the better of the two. He can maintain that. It might well be the 11th place is, is doable for him. And they're both catching the 10th place CD Sport car. Yes, so things concertinering up in certain areas. There's still 15 seconds between the top three. Laurence Herr not able to consistently lap the same speed as the two ahead and last time around well seven tenths of a second taken out of Colin Noble's lead by Duncan Tappy who is now setting himself to be in a, in a bit of a rhythm 
team cars coming down the back straight. Yes, they are for cool racing. So the number four car ahead of 74. And it's also a battle for 13th position in class. So Nico Ronde in the number four ahead of the 74, which is now Victor Bludgeon taking over from Maurice Smith. So Frenchman Bludgeon now at the wheel and a little quicker, it looks like, than Ronde. Both Ligiers, you will note, with the Dayglow yellow mirrors on the leading car and the green on the one just tucked in behind. 26 minutes to go, and whatever's left at the end, of course, because the chequered flag will have to wait for the race leader to complete the next lap. As through the Curva Grande goes this inter-cool racing battle. Cencetti's even faster again now in seventh place, so the number five DKR car going well. Alex Mortimer almost in his sight, taking a bit of seconds further up the road. And if he is able to overtake Mortimer, that might be just about as well as he can do, because it's a further 16 or so seconds ahead then for Trouillet. That's Matt Bell going through and taking the position, eighth position now in the hands of United Autosports 22 car, head of the AT Racing's number 90, Alexander Talkanitsa Jr. gives best to the Flying Geordie. Ricchetti ahead has got the hurry-up court and is looking to do what he can. It's six seconds is the next gap for Matt Bell to play with. And just ahead of him is the leader. Yes. So is Matt Bell going to try and unlap himself here? I think he'll certainly try it, knowing Matt, and uh, see, see what happens. I mean, there's no hope of looping all the way around the very next lap with just 25 minutes to go, but you can break into the top seven... Matt will be eager to do that. Very good lap last time around for Giacomo Puccini. Still trying to hunt down Mikkel Mack, by the way. And the gap is 7.2 seconds. Oh, trouble here for the second-place car oh. in GT. It's a drive-through penalty for causing a, a collision with car 11 at turn one. Car 11? That was racing experience. Yes. Was that what caused the issue? You have to think that's maybe why the wheel detached, because it finally broke loose or caused the issue at the second Lesmo, so that, maybe there was contact, although it's quite a bit further around the lap from, from turn one. That should not affect their race position, but it will drop them out of any chance yeah. of a battle for the win. Well, I was just mentioning that gap, which was 6.2 seconds, it's actually extended now to 7.4, so maybe Puccini didn't have the speed anyway. Remember, Lucid Racing taking pole last time at Ricard, they couldn't convert that into a race win, looking much more like there's the opportunity now for Lucic Racing to take victory with Mikkel Mack uh, at the wheel. However, on the horizon, there are some black clouds uh, accumulating and also some lightning in the sky too. Well, I told you there was a thunderstorm expected at some point this evening. A question of when it's going to arrive. As I say, it's fairly blustery out there, so the weather in the distance might arrive in the next 23 minutes. There could be a real sting in the tail, as in like the last five laps are affected by rain. We'll wait and see. But wet Michelin tyres certainly being prepared. Fastest lap of the race this time goes to Laurence Hur. It's a 1.45.991. He's eight and a half seconds back from Duncan Tapp. He's been dropping back just a little. It had been seven seconds, first to second, seven seconds, second to third. So uh, into pit lane now comes the number eight car for that drive-through. And that will drop the car into the clutches of the LMP3 cars behind, but I don't think we'll do enough damage to 
see Maritza Mediani and Ross Gunn, who, by the way, is still closing in on Maritza Mediani. This is, by the way, with thanks to Simon Strang and Aston Martin Racing, who's watching and feeding in information. This is the same car that races in British GT. That's it. Strangy. Prepped at uh, Aston Martin Racing, as he tells me is Ross Gunn. Indeed. He's got his own servicing day there. Laurence Hur, you say, new fastest lap of the race, a whole one thousandth of a second quicker than Colin Noble's earlier effort. These are the margins we're talking about. As all of a sudden, it really dark. Monza looks like Spa <laughs> last weekend, and you can go, be forgiven for thinking. I wouldn't go that far. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the images, I'd say it's comparable. We haven't yet got four degrees and snow, though. What, I will what admit. we need is that we need the human barometer that is Louise Beckett, who felt every single tenth of a degree. I tell you there. I know. I was indoors throughout, so I couldn't possibly comment. The, out of the second chicane uh, goes the Ferrari, then that is... Has it done its drive-through? Yes, it's yes, just, just been in it. and out again. Giacomo Puccini and retaining second position. Michael Mack for Lucy Racing leading the way then, and now far more comfortably. However, 21 minutes to go. It's... Uh, well, Black is Ebony above certainly the first couple of corners and the wind is whipping up as well as you can tell from the blossom on that run into Ascari so headlights ablaze now they have to be for Giacomo Puccini just so he can see the road in front of him What did I say about the last 20 minutes of every Michelin Le Cup race? Every single time it always throws something of a spanner into it so I expect a massive spanner any moment now Hearing from Louise Beckett down in pit lane, it seems our prepping wets. I'm hoping that's for just in case scenario. Meantime, Colin Noble still got 6.3 seconds to the good here. Uh, is looking to put a lap on the seventh place car. This is Cecchetti in the it's closing, closing, closing on Cianchetti, meanwhile, for seventh position, and it's not, it's not quite in the wheel tracks of Colin Noble. He's not that far behind clock's ticking down we're just about to move through into 20 minutes dead to come and uh, Duncan Tappy meanwhile is again just pulling away from Lawrence Hurt yep. and just watching as well that gap for fourth had been 55 seconds it's now down to 39 Trivier on Crete and what had been about 20 seconds back to Alex Mortimer is now down to under 12 and a half so Mortimer is catching Trulier and they're both catching Jochen Fried. There's a great band of weather just to the north-west of us. There's no chance the rain's not going to hit Monza Circuit at some point. It's just a question of whether it's going to be in the next 20 minutes. But you can barely see now the run down the main straight. And once the rain hits, it's going to stick here, I think, all evening till about 10 o'clock tonight. So it's not going to be a passing shower. You can see the, the, look at the headlamps on the road now. Yep. That's the, the key as to how dark this actually is. Sometimes TV cameras can do spooky things with daylight, but there's no uh, mistaking those headlamps are shining brightly on the road surface. It's getting dark. Gusty wind as well, which is bringing that weather towards us. Areas of blue earth sky in the distance looking uh, skyward from the second chicane. And look at the blossom now, that it's wind ripping isn't it? It's, yeah, um, it's a debris almost in the air but um, Louise Beckett reminds me that's not the snow she's not going to forgive the weather gods for doing that to her last week you know. it's like a it's like a tornado suddenly whipped up it's bringing leaves and it's bringing uh, blossom onto the track, race track as well and uh, 
us three Brits almost feel guilty Absolutely. that we brought the UK weather to uh, Italy it's, for it's, today. Louise it's going to be beautiful tomorrow. Louis Beckett is rapidly getting a uh, 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 John's rating uh, for being the Jonah of weather. It's 18 minutes to go, and the teams are going to be counting the seconds here to ensure that they get home. Uh, the wind direction's going to be key here, though, as well. That will be affecting how these LMP3s are performing. Oh, yeah. They're entirely reliant on the, uh, the aero wash over the car, and if it's coming in at a peculiar angle, particularly down the main straight, you will feel that. The cars don't weigh a great deal and will start to be moving around in an, a very uncomfortable way. Colin Noble out front, five seconds. That gap's coming down. That's a bit of traffic last time around for okay. Colin. It was a 149.1 to a 147.7. Just looking to see exactly where he is in terms of... And now what you've got, of course, is when he's had to pass traffic, so do the Duncan, so do Duncan Tappy. Mm. Ahead of him, we've got Ross Gone, who himself has got a bit of traffic to play with. That's not helped him in his battle with the spirit of race car. Still about six and a half seconds ahead now. Rizzo Mediani is his target we wait to see whether or not this is dark clouds and wind or whether or not this is going to get very wintry very very quickly well uh, noble is clear of a little bit of traffic but he's got two other slow at least two maybe three other slower cars ahead one of which is the 51 ferrari on course for a podium as we speak but ross gunn's got the gap down to 6.9 seconds now between Maurizio mediani and the only aston martin in the field the number 99 Beach D car, and yes, 99's been picked deliberately because it's got the ice cream advertising on it. There's lots of numbers he could have picked. In fact, there are hundreds and thousands. Moving on towards the Ascari chicane, the Aston now tucked in behind the Lannan Racing machine, so that will not cause it a drama at all. And fourth position still for Ross Gunn trying to eat away at the lead margin that Maurizio Mediani has and it's, this is like a night stint at Le Mans now, it, you can't tell the cars until they turn right at the Parabolica, it's just headlight, headlight headlight before they arrive at that sweeping right-hander, so apologies <laughs> car ID falls away very slightly. It's only quarter to six in the evening and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's re remarkable, five minutes and it's gone to the point where, you're absolutely right looks like dusk um, the 22 car, Matt Bell has pitted the car. So what's going on with the, the number 22 car? Oh dear. Now that certainly we didn't see that that had a penalty of any description. No, so I Matt, don't we can what. only presume that Matt's got a problem. And Tom Olsen brings the 14 RLRM Sport car back in. Well, that car's uh, had real troubles, of course. As now we're getting word from Lou in the pit lane that it is starting to rain and almost instantaneously we get a message on the screen. The track has legally been declared wet as well, which means you can use wet weather tyres. The rain lights on low mode, says Eduardo Freitas. And that's the call. United Autosports have immediately responded to that. They think a lot of rain is coming. They've come in early before this pit lane gets frantically busy. They're going to try and get a jump on the rest of the crews here. OK. Well. That's what it's about. This, this pit lane, if everybody's in, is a nightmare. It's very, very tight indeed. Two cars straight on at the second chicane. That's got to be a lack of grip. The 30 car, and who else went straight on there? Windscreen wipers. It was the 80 car. Uh, yes, of Alexander Talkinitsa Jr. So Kevin Boll, Bassasol, the first 
to blink, if you like, because he ran out of grip on the run into the second chicane and actually following in sympathy, and that's very easily done. You know, you break at the same point as the guy in front and then run off. Here comes the number four cool racing car. That car is onto pit lane. This is the number three windscreen wipers showing now on this car. Immediately the pace has gone off for the lead cars by four or five seconds on that lap alone. So rain certainly on the start-finish straight. Is it affecting any other part of the lap? It will be affecting the back straight, no doubt, because the distance between the two... Is very limited. Indeed. It's almost parallel, isn't it? It is parallel. And uh, the parabolica links the two together. But That's it's the clue. <laughs> parabolica... Yeah, that's to do with round things as well, isn't in it? Comes the paddock separates both straights, basically. That's the three in from that's, third place. That's Lance Kurt. So, to complete now the Ooh, weather systems that we've had in Ace... We saw yes, indeed, of ACO Racing. We've now got thunder. Did you have any thunder at Spa last weekend? Uh... No, no thunder. So uh, you can tick that one off your little uh, so Louise has got her observer's book of weather down there. She's ticking those off rapidly. Not many left now. Plague of Frogs, I think, is next. Yeah. Locusts. Um, so rain. Is rain coming down on that? Yeah, the windscreen wipers are very much on uh, intermediate or indeed low setting, high setting now for the 51 Ferrari, which is limping its way. The problem yeah, is the there's no grip the on gap. the track. Look at the gap. The gap is next to nothing. It's Between come down from six. The lead gap is down to three seconds. So two to 25, but Duncan Tappy is on a road that is not only gripless because of the amount of blossom and leaves that have worked their way from the from the wooded areas of Monza, but also now the rain on top of that, which is a horrible combination. Under, under power. These are is... not nice conditions now for these races. There's a certain, certainly a racing line and two wheel tracks to keep to. How do you know where to brake, though, compared to a lap before? This is a pressure moment, isn't it, for a leading car? 12 and a half minutes to go. Lightning again in the air. Oh, Visibility a real issue. Colin Noble all over the road. And he is a high talent in the LMP3s. Again, these prototypes, if they're not up to the right speed, are going to suffer Absolutely. with zero grip. Yellow flag turn seven. In comes the 43 car from fourth. Nine Graf car is in. The 74 cool racing car is in. The eight Kessel racing car is the first of the major runners in the GT class to decide that it's time for wet weather tyres. In comes the 7 from Scuderia for Lord Corsa. It's the 30 car off the road. Both leaders coming in, and Nose that's a tell. sensible move to me. But Duncan Tappy right with Colin Noble now, and these are not time-limited stops. You do this them as quick as you can. Battle of the pit stop. Uh, battle of the, the cruise right now. This is the race win, right here. looking where Lawrence Hur is. He's just come through sector one. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence with Hurt. weather tyres on, could he take this right at the end? So the Elsa Racing tight. Crew go to work. Uh, it's, they they have push to the car reverse back. it first of all as well. Oh dear me! So the cars got to go up on the jacks. Are the wheels ready? Also, Grain Market Racing, which is the same team, isn't it, Nielsen? It is. Remember, it doesn't look as if they have much, uh, the same kind of delay. No delay here, and there's going to be a full course yellow as well. In. Well, now it's out now. Now, could this fall the way of Lance Hurt? I think it's going to, you know. So, or will it actually? No, this will help them because he can't catch them at full speed. You can now see how heavily the rain is, is falling. Yeah. When's Lannan, the seven I car think are away. Released. I think Lannan have got this. 
They are surely away first. Duncan Tappy needing to be careful on the concrete, which is far more slippery than the asphalt. Lawrence Herr has not completed the lap. London Racing are out and on track. Where is the Nielsen Racing car? I think it's there, just in the wheel tracks of the London Racing car. So how long's the full course yellow going to be? Is this... Uh, no, it's still there. Still there for the Nielsen Racing car. They can't get it going. Or that it wasn't in... Well, we know it wasn't in position to start with. The grain market racing car is left. And now, now, it now the two goes. So, oh, that's bitter stuff. But Lawrence Hurst still hasn't come through. No. So Duncan Tappy leads the race now. Colin Noble, I think, will emerge in second. But the big winner here is Alex Mortimer. Yes. Up to yes. fourth position by the look of things. Well, where where is Alex Mortimer going to rejoin? And the DKR car's only over the line now. I think the grey market car's ahead on the road and possibly into third position. No, it's a lap down, is it? Yeah, OK. Uh, is Compared it? to... Well, being displayed at the moment. Yeah, no, it's all a, about the order that they go through the first sector, next, isn't next it? Next timing uh, beam. I'm not convinced that's quite right. But we'll, we'll have a look. Another big winner, by the way, Wayne Boyd, up to sixth place with United Autosports. Well, Lawrence Hur has now crossed the line to complete 56 laps. The question is, if Alex Mortar is ahead on the road, will that car then complete 56 laps before Thir- her has a chance to? 31 seconds longer in the pits from, from Nielsen Racing than the London Racing team. And part of that was having to reposition the car. Yeah. But that was dramatic stuff. I wish I hadn't said that about the last 20 minutes now. The full course yellow is out for the incident at Turn 7, by the way, and everybody being asked now to... That's stay that's to the re- right. That's to recover the 30 car. Yes. But, uh, Turn 7 being the second of the Lesmo corners. And the question is, how bad are these conditions and will this race go back to green? Well, it's treacherous out there now, it's not as nice. predicted. And this storm was always going to hit at some point during Saturday. Just a question of whether it would affect the whole of the Michelin Le Mans Cup race or just the tail end. And the final 21 minutes, heavily affected by the weather. And it's now questionable whether we can go back to green flag running. Well, could that have been the most important pit stop for London mm, Racing? Yeah, well, it will be a second win of the year if they can do it a big championship lead to take to the two one-hour races that will take place at the morning course. Let's keep an eye here on anything else that's been shaken up. We'll have to wait until these cars have completed a full lap. I'm not going to say racing lap because we're at full course yellow speeds, of course. But uh, I think you're right, and I think... Uh, Where's Alex Mortimer? A lap down, though. It's very difficult to... Well, he's going to complete lap 56 uh, next time around... However, already started lap 57 is Laurence Hur. So I can't see the way of Mortimer getting back ahead now of her and making it out of podium. It's really difficult to read, and we will know. It's in fair the next to say, though, as well, that Alex Mortimer spent longer on pit lane. He's unlikely to have picked up. Yes. Yes. But it all depends on where. We're going back green flag running in wow. just under a minute. And Goodness the rain me. is pouring down, pouring down now. Well, rather them than us, I have to say. Bouncing. And, yeah, uh, uh, pounding off the concreted area of the Monza pit lane. Big grins from Mikey Benham. He's happy that he's not in the car right now, I assure you of that. He'd done his job. Big smiles from him at the end of the Ricard race, which was a race win for Lannan. They're in a cracking position now. The race lead is labelled as 26 seconds. It's not that, of course, 
when we're back to racing speed, it will come down significantly. Yep, once again, Louise Beckett gets closer to nature than we are. <laughs> and the number 30 car returning to the pit lane so as that, well. That was the immediate reason for the caution coming out. Was green, green, We're green. back to green. And what is this going to do to the overall order? Lannan Racing. Where are they? We'll wait till they cross the line. Spin for the EP Motors car. Already, and that is Alessandro Baccani, who the is... Yellow flag turn 10. Highly experienced. He's uh, the bronze graded driver in that field along with Paolo Venerossi but uh, a moment there it is 13 seconds the gap with traffic between the two cars 11 seconds back to Laurence Hur and you're right the fourth place Alex Mortimer is a lap down so that confirms our podium places just really what order they finish in assuming they can keep it on the straight and narrow in the next six minutes of course indeed so Mortimer is fourth fifth position is uh, the Cencetti car, DKR Engineering. Then it's Wayne Boyd, the best of the United Autosports car. So he's managed to leapfrog Matt Bell. I think the Beach Dean AMR car may. Yes. Just wait to see. It just need to clear the next timing beam because the Spinner race car was late out the pits. Yes. And I think that might be enough for Ross Gunn to be into a podium position here. Maurizio Mediani. Well, did a minute and 32 seconds. I think it was late into the pits. He it was, was a decent stop. But uh, that no, he's still ahead. He's still ahead. Okay. Well, what's the distance? Fifteen point three seconds. Is that a, that is that seems a real margin? Uh, we'll wait for them to come through at the, the end of this lap, which is more telling. Ross must have lost time behind. Uh, uh, he must have lost time in that weather because he was six and a half seconds behind. And he did a quicker pit stop. Horrible conditions for Duncan Tappy. He caught the curb way more than he wanted to through the first part of Ascari and now the tension down at Lannan Racing they are in the perfect position here to take the race win they're just not sure whether the car's going to appear at the end of every lap but it uh, is churning it's up water horrible, left right and centre the risk of aquaplaning here is present at every corner and how on earth you follow a GT3 car there because I mean, the, the visibility is zero anyway so the, the lap at the moment 2.07 Here's the lap. That's 22 seconds off the fastest lap of the race. That's the difference in these conditions. I'm amazed, frankly, he's managing to maintain that pace. Can't get by the GT3. Might be able to do it on the in the braking area, but careful not to run into the side. And the number 50 Ferrari, who sensibly checked up nice and early. Gap, that was Ollie Hancock. Lead gap is going out, and Colin Noble is being caught by Lawrence Hur here and caught quickly. Yep. 2.1 seconds now for the DKR engineering car, which is chasing the Nielsen racing machine. What else is happening further down the order? Close margins between Alexander Taukinitsa Jr. and Matt Bell. That's Matt Bell getting ahead, in fact, of the Belarusian. So Matt Bell charging his way through. Just done a 2.08. Goodness me. Good grief. That's way quicker than most of the cars around. So Matt Bell looking for a podium result, ideally. Sure, he'll get it, but he may get four. Oh well, somewhere in the top six is potentially on offer for that car. The 71 Ferrari leading GT3. Mikkel Mack doing a 2.10 in these conditions is mightily impressive as well. Another couple of flashes of lightning. Three minutes to go. Change for second place. Colin Noble drops back behind Lawrence Hur. I wonder whether or not this is anything to do with the setup they put on these cars, with the possibility of weather. 
Yes. It does seem at the moment as if Colin Noble is really struggling in these conditions. Well, the next thing he needs to do, keep it neat and tidy. There's no risk of losing third position because the rest of the field are a clear lap behind race leader Duncan Tappy. But this will be hugely frustrating for Colin Noble and teammate Tony Big Wells. Big flash of lightning there as well, under three minutes to go on the clock. But bear in mind, the two-car came in from the lead of the race when they made the pit stop. They did not have a good pit stop, and now the car is losing places on track. And the 88 spun again, by the look of it, a slow, certainly, um, in the same place as the last uh, lap around. Yellow flags briefly show, and that's probably a spin and continued, then 4.88 potentially. Two and a quarter minutes to go. Duncan Tappy leading the second race of the year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup by 20 seconds. 7.7 the gap from Lawrence Hur back to Colin Noble in third. Just looking at the trap speeds as they came through last time. The lead car, 177 kilometres an hour. Colin Noble, 131. Has he got a problem? The 23 car of Garrett Griss with a yep. heck of a moment that time as well as they reached the Parabolica. Well off the racing line for the Lannan racing car of, uh, of Duncan Tappy then. And it's almost walking speed through the chicane. Remember, it's the end of the, the clock will count down and one lap. Yes. Correct? So this is penultimate lap for Duncan Tappy by the look of things at this pace. Yep. Uh, well over two minutes, so... Oh, well... Close. I think this might be the last lap, you know, because there's no additional lap. It will be checkered flag just as soon as the clock reads zero. This is terrible conditions now. But if he... I mean, you'd almost be wise to back things off here to ensure that this is the last lap of the race. He's got 16.6 seconds as a margin over Laurence Hur. Hur was six seconds quicker last lap. Yeah. He can't back off that much. Tremendous pace from Laurence Hur, the German driver, sharing with Francois Kermann. And this could be yet another win for the DKR engineering car. Wayne Boyd, by the way, is catching Alex Mortimer and catching him very rapidly indeed. Fourth place could be going the way of Wayne Boyd here. Yeah, what about Matt Bell doing 2.25 that time around? But Boyd was way quicker. There was a spin that time at Ascari. That was for the 74 Cool Racing Machine. And Victor Bludgeon still at the wheel of that car as again breaking to the Ascari chicane being shown yellow flags I think yeah the yellow flags are being dis or they're just being readied for the marshals just as soon as the next spinner happens at Ascari they can be quick to react this is the last lap without a doubt we've got 12 seconds to go something very odd about the pace of Noble in third position 54 seconds 10 seconds off the leader's pace now in one sector Right then, chequered flag is being prepared because the clock now reads zero. He's off. He's off the track, but I think that's more by design than an accident as such or a mistake from Duncan Tappy. Knows that the the uh, wet track is far less the higher up the road you go. Right round the high side then of the Parabolica, and this will be a hardly fought. No, it's a white flag. The chequered flag, not a white flag. You don't no, get not that. like a white flag. No, definitely chequered flag for Duncan Tappy and the Lannan Racing Car. That's two wins out of two. And how different a win can you possibly have from Paul Ricard uh, a month ago? Phenomenal stuff. Stunning. And, uh, obviously, doing the hard work in the opening stint. There's Lannan Racing's reaction. The hard work being done by Mikey Bennett in the dry. But what about Duncan Tappy's efforts there to maintain a 17-second gap in the end? over a hard-charging Laurence Hur, Colin Noble, 
will be kicking himself, but still a podium result in these conditions is still something to be lauded, I would argue. Alex Mortimer does finish a lap off the ultimate pace for grain market racing, but I reckon that's the best result of the year so far for the number 20 car. And Marco Cencetti for DKR Engineering makes it two DKR cars in the top five. The GT3 winner is crossing the line now, and it's Lusik Racing taking victory. They couldn't manage that in the south of France last month, but they do back up a decent performance in qualifying with a pole position from Fabian Laverne, and Laverne and Mikkel Mack hook up together to take a first win in this particular championship. Uh, Mortimer, meanwhile, did hold off the challenge from not Wayne Boyd eventually, but Sentetti, who came back and overtook Wayne Boyd on that last lap. So Boyd didn't get fourth, dropped to sixth. Uh, DKR recovered to fifth. Grain Market Racing get a fourth place finish with Alex Mortimer. And uh, the Beach DNA Marquardt didn't make the podium. Uh, explained, by the way, by the fact that, that uh, we're absolutely right in terms of the timing. He stopped when the race was still green. So most of his stop was served on the green. Yes. And then the full course yellow then kicks the in. Then the full course yellow kicks in. And everybody else going around at, uh, well, sort of a third of racing speed at 80 kilometres per hour, which is the uh, very keenly observed speed limit during the full course yellows. Far better to pit during that, but Ross Gunn wasn't, it wasn't to know. That was just around the corner. So just missing out on a podium. It's a good result, nevertheless, for Beach Dean AMR. The order then in GT3, top three, all Ferraris, Lusich, Kessel and Spirit of Race. And the 51 Ferrari of Maurizio Mediani is about to cross the line. In fact, there are two more cars approaching the Parabolica right now. You'll be hard pushed to see them through the gloom, but 51 will bag a podium courtesy of Maurizio Mediani's, again, epic drive in these uh, horrendous conditions, along with Christoph Ulrich, who did the opening stint. Astonishing transition from, well, basically a late spring day here at Monza to something that wouldn't look out of place on a bad day at Fuji. Sure enough. The Lannan Racing liveried umbrella is now yep. uh, protecting Mikey Benham along with team representative as they work their way down the pit lane. Wrong way, on foot, though. That's Graham Johnson, the team principal at London Racing. And grins, I'm sure, as they welcome Duncan Tappy. Mikey Benham on the left and the silver fox it is uh, Graham Johnson on the right. And no, no doubt elated, if slightly wide-eyed, Mikey Benham. Uh, sorry, uh, Duncan Tappy pulls in. Yes, indeed. And credit to the Michelin tyres as well, well for I mean, keeping I mean, these cars. If you look, I mean, if you look at uh, Bibendum there, no tread there at all. It's completely slick, Bibendum. Yeah, so um, amazing in these conditions. No brolly either. He's made a stern stuff. And, um, I mean, the only thing touching the ground for these cars are those four Michelin tyres and clearing the water incredibly well. That grooved pattern designed specifically for heavy weather. But even this might test the tyre designers at the French manufacturer. Duncan Tappy then out of the warm and dry environment of his Norma, out into the wet, but he will not care a jot. So, so happy with that. A couple of fist punches of the air then, and in a moment or two Mikey Bennett will arrive, probably launching himself over the Michelin Le Mans Cup barriers <laughs> to clatter into Duncan Tappy. If the Paul Ricard celebration was anything to go by, well, here's one of... Well, yeah, see, that, that blue barrier is going to go for a Burton in a minute. 
without a doubt. And wow. they're so, so happy with Duncan's performance. Well, what a turnaround that was. That looked for all the world if the weather had held like a brilliantly controlled run at the front from Colin Noble and the number two D uh, Nielsen Racing Squad. Lawrence Hurt couldn't catch Duncan Tappy, and Duncan Tappy couldn't catch Colin Noble. The rain came down and it all changed, and it changed very rapidly indeed. Colin Noble just went backwards there. Uh, I think there's probably an explanation for that we've not yet heard, but uh, great stuff. Controlled drive from Duncan Tappy to get that position and to bring that thing home in very, just terrible conditions at the end there. This uh, actually repeats exactly the same top three that we had in LMP3 at Ricard. Did it really? Yeah, 25 from three from two. So they'll all be within the hunt as far as the championship is concerned, going to the one-hour races at the Monbuic, but it's very definitely an extension of the championship lead for Lannan Racing. And this victory for Lusik Racing tightens things up as far as the championship is concerned in the GT3 category because Pacini and Pianazzola finishing second on the road despite a late drive-through penalty they had to serve. They stayed second and Cedric Mezar and, Fed and Fabian Leverne who scored a third-place finish last month make it a win. So very tight in the championship now. Michael Mack and Fabian Laverne. What um, did I say? Cedric uh, Mazar, but don't worry. Cedric Mazar, fair enough. Thank you. But uh, Lusic Racing, what an introduction yes. they've had to ACO Rules Racing this year. Featured the front end of this everywhere so far. And it's clearing again, although it's well, tipping it down. The main straight looks like a lake. It does. I think you could sail down there. Would be easier, certainly, as you head towards the Retifilio. I'm reliably informed that tomorrow is going to be a beautiful summer's day. Lovely. Can't see that happening right now, I have to admit, but we'll wait and see what tonight brings as we get some much needed reaction from the boys at Lannan with Lou. It's getting very cozy down here because yeah. we're all under the umbrella. Oh, well done, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I was. Uh... Another eventful race could have done. I mean, like the forecast has been terrible for today all, all week, hasn't it? And then when it was kind of just brightening up just before we were going out, we're like, okay, well, maybe we're going to get away with it. But to have this, you know, within what 15 minutes towards the end of the race, it just throws a bit of a spanner in it. At the, at the time, it looked like we were going to be second behind the Nielsen boys. It's been quick all weekend. They've done a magic job this weekend. So, you know, but. Fair play to our pit crew. They won us the race today. Um, they they turned our car around in an incredibly quick time. All four wheels. Unbelievable job they did. And uh, So this wins for them, without a doubt. Duncan, that was a surprise at the end. Mike put in a good run as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a team effort, you know. Um, Mike drove the first hour and, you know, he brought it, you know, well, how can I say? It was an incredible drive. You know, there was a lot going on. No mistakes. And then I really just had to keep it on the black stuff. And then at the end, anything had happened. But, that you wasn't know. so easy, was it? No. Um, I've never had such a slow last lap to a race. Um, but I, uh, the boys gave me some information. And on the second to last lap, I pulled out six seconds or something. So I was like, OK, I need to calm this down a bit. And then just rolled around for the last lap. But, yeah, you know, the boys have really worked hard you know they had we had a tough day yesterday we had to make um, a change to the car and we missed most pretty much all of the bronze session so it was all a bit doom and gloom yesterday but you know we, we uh, stayed positive and we just did what we needed to do it's going to be a fun podium in this isn't it i'm going to let you get up there a fun podium who gets them monza look at that let's go thanks very much well done well done to Duncan Tappy and to Mikey Benham. And uh, I'm pretty sure the podium, which is, of course, right above 
the pit lane and the main straight is metal floored. So uh, you want to be careful on that in these weather conditions. 60 laps done. Lannan Racing take the victory then by 17.8 seconds. And Duncan Tappy doing the sensible thing, backing things off. Winning from DKR Engineering and the Nielsen Racing Machine. GT3, Lucy Racing with the first victory of the year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup from Kessel Racing and Spirit of Race. It's Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari here in northern Italy. But well done to Aston Martin for finishing in fourth position. So let's hear from the two that take the victory for Lusik. A great drive from Lusik from both the drivers. Uh, well done in these conditions as well. Thank you very much. Uh, luckily for me, uh, Fabian made a very good uh, start and just uh, made a very good gap for me. Uh, I jumped in the car and in the drive we controlled the race. But then, uh, yeah, the weather changed. So... Uh, it was really, really interesting, let me say it like that. And Fabian, yes, you put in another great performance. Yeah, thank you. Um, I could make a good stint, I think, and uh, Michael made a great job also because in the end it was crazy and uh, just to keep the car on the road it was difficult, so yeah, he made an amazing job, for sure. Okay, well done. Enjoy your podium. Thank, thank you. you. Michael Mack, first of all, Fabian Laverne, second to speak to Lou Beckett, the, the hooded Lou Beckett. She, yeah, wouldn't be, Beckett now. She, she wouldn't be allowed in any shopping centres dressed like that, would she? <laughs> so let's have a little look back then on the highlights. There were many of the second race of the year for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and this is hardly the same race. Surely not. We started in completely dry conditions. It was beautiful, in fact, and still a little bit of warmth in the air. Amazing start to the race. Cars as well, as wide as you can get them on the funnel down into that chicane and they threaded their way through safely we had one or two spinners on the second lap in fact not just spinners they were contact as well certainly for the 54 Mercedes and the number 14 RLRM Sports prototype just sneaking through shot there up the inside then an early move from Mikey Benham that was on the damaged number 39 car of Adrian Schiller he was nursing damage to the front right corner of his prototype for much of the stint and Graf couldn't do an awful lot about repairing that midway through the race this was a moment between Mike Guash who ran into the back managed to tag the rear of the Sergio Pianazzola Ferrari which did continue and made second place eventually big damage though for the Christian and Tom Olsen RLR car which was repaired in race but a significant delay was the result that was John Schaumann going straight on down the escape route at the Retifilio chicane. He was able to rejoin. Pit stops began at half distance and a very, very busy pit lane here. A spin for another one of the Graf cars, the number nine machine swapping ends with very little warning for uh, Eric Trier. His son would take over come the pit stops. There was a full course yellow to recover the wheelless racing engineering car missing its rear left wheel we wonder whether after some contact in fact at the start of that lap an overtake for the race lead Colin Noble on the 43 of the second driver in that car Joachim Fried who qualified so well earlier on today Fried then making a mistake at turn one going straight on and that meant that the Lannan car was able to bag a place at this point being driven by Duncan Tappy also a great run again for the DKR engineering machine of Laurence Herr, overtaking one or two cars at the Parabolica. And then the clouds began to circle and the sky became very, very dark indeed, bringing rain and heavy rain, also wind, thunder and lightning, the full shebang. And that all of a sudden just transformed the racetrack in a matter of five minutes 
so tough for the drivers that were in for the second stint to work out where the grippy parts of the track remain. There basically weren't any, and the risk of aquaplaning was at every single corner. So credit certainly due to Duncan Tappy for getting the Lannan Racing home uh, car home as the race winner, and to Mikkel Mack for Lusich Racing. We will see each of those guys, of course, on the podium in a moment or two. But there are the Lusich guys after a tremendous run from Fabian Leverne and Mikkel Mack. And they will be close, if not taking the championship lead uh, heading to Le Mans. We'll get confirmation of the points positions in a moment or two. But Lannan Racing's duo of Mikey Benham and Duncan Tappy standing on the top step of the podium. Let's hear the national anthem. And racing victorious for the second time this year. They will have a significant championship lead then heading to Le Mans next month. But well done to DKR Engineering, to Francois Kerman who started the car from the outside of the second row and Laurence Herr who took over and at one point maybe threatened to catch up with Duncan Tappy. Although we've subsequently learned that Tappy reined in the pace significantly and a thought for the guys at Nielsen Racing because Tony Wells and Colin Noble were in a cracking position and they're rather straight faces uh, on the third I step. think uh, Colin Noble's face tells the story, doesn't it? Does. it? He had that one on pace in the dry and I'm keen to hear from Colin yeah. exactly why his pace fell off as badly as it did because that's, that was not a fighting drive at the end. That means either was something about the setup, the tyres or he was carrying a problem at the end of that race. A face like thunder to match the weather that we've just experienced. But, as if the drivers weren't wet enough already, a chance now to spray several bottles of champagne. The hoods are up below, uh, but this is already a rather slippery podium, made a bit more slippery as a result of that. But uh, highly delighted are the Lannan guys. Duncan Tappy's still not got the cork out. Might be wise to keep that for later on tonight. No. It's going to go against my better advice and uh, fully douse teammate Mikey, Mikey Benham. What a cracking start to their season. And we know Amazing. they go well at Le Mans with a victory last year there. Absolutely. And, uh, well, looking certainly like title challengers, aren't they? Indeed, all these three uh, teams are looking like uh, title challengers. That's the final classification, Johnny Palmer. Yep, 17.8 seconds is the margin. So tricky just to keep the car, though on the track so we probably shouldn't pay too much attention to the gaps between the Lannan Racing winners crucially ahead of DKR and Nielsen Grain Market Racing make it into the top four ahead of the other DKR car of Marco Cencetti together with teammate uh, together with teammate Marcello Maratiotto sixth place for United Autosports and the rest of the LMP3 cars displayed there so there's, these are the points, and it is an extension of the championship lead for Lannan. 50 points up already after two wins. DKR, the number three on 37. Seven points back, Nielsen Racing. That's Tony Wells and Colin Noble. And then CD Sports, who sadly had to come in for a number of penalties, including uh, calling the pit stop that they needed to take much shorter than it needed to be. So and here are the drivers' points. Absolutely. Similar, well. similar picture. It's the top yeah. three um, of the uh, championship are pulling out a real gap now. They're the three uh, teams that seem to be in real contention. 
I think I'm hearing from Louise Beckett there was a problem with the starter motor on the uh, Nielsen racing car. But the wet weather conditions may not have helped that, of course, as well. Water in the electrics is uh, often an issue with a road car, so whether the water has crept into areas to affect that. Of course, it, I mean, it wasn't ideal anyway because the grain market car, the sister Nielsen car, was in pit stall. Colin had to pull across the nose, then be wheeled backwards, and they could only then start the work, i.e. changing the tyres, after that. The podium for the GTs then, and first of all, in third position for Spirit of Race. That's the number 51 car. It's Maurizio Mediani and Christoph Ulrich. Remember, that car fell all the way to the back of the field at the start of the race after the issue right at the start. Yes. Second place for the Kessel Racing number eight crew, Giacomo Puccini. And uh, and Sergio Pinazzola, but uh, well, we've already spoken with Louise Beckett. Oh dear, mind that trophy. Luzic Racing, great result once again. Mikel Mack and Fabian Lavern. So Ferrari's first, second and third, but not an Italian flag anywhere to be seen. They're all Swiss squads, Lucic, Kessel and Spirit of Race, although lots of AF Corsa and Italian mechanics, therefore, uh, working at Lucic and at Spirit of Race. And the trophies are held aloft then for Christoph Ulrich, together with his teammate Maurizio Mediani, who was at the wheel towards the end and we thought maybe catchable by Ross Gunn in the end though at that uh, pit stop under green for the Beach Dean Aston was costly second place trophies to Puccini and to Pianazzola and now the Lucic guys will group together for the publicity shots and Lucic racing certainly with a chance of taking a good victory in ELMS tomorrow they've made they've stamped their authority as well this weekend on the Michelin Le Mans Cup after second place at Paul Ricard is the win this weekend at uh, Monza and the reverse results for the Kessel Racing crew another two hours of real entertainment and uh, drama again in the last 20 minutes of uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup race this time provided by the gods above and just simply terrible weather that changed everything for the overall race order 44 seconds the winning margin in the end then for the Lucic duo ahead of Kessel Racing, the defending champions, Giacomo Puccini and Sergio Pianazzola. Spirit of Race third, Beach Dean Aston Martin fourth ahead of the Krypton Motorsport Mercedes, the other Kessel Racing Ferrari number 50 and then the Scuderia, Scuderia Viola Corsa cars, one of each remember a Mercedes and the Lamborghini Huracan finishing seventh and eighth ahead of the Ebi Motors Porsche and the SPS Automotive Performance Mercedes not classified after that only completed one racing lap. So tight at the top of the championship. Three points in it between Kessel Racing 44 and Lucic Racing 41. 
and it's all about those two at the moment. Beach Dean sneaking into third in the championship, courtesy of that fourth-place finish ahead of Spirit of Race podium finishes today. Crucially, though, the uh, third-place and fourth-place teams within 25 points, so yeah. a non-finish for either of the top two teams could change everything. And remember, half points on offer during the Le Mans races, Thursday morning, hour-long race, and a Saturday edition of that as well. Puccini and Pianazzola lead then the Drivers' Championship again by three points over Fabian Laverne and Mikkel Mack. Andrew Howard and Roskun are third ahead of Christoph Ulrich and Maurizio Mediani. And the second place finishes Ricard Dexter Muller and Yannick Mettler fall to fifth in the championship. Ahead of Cedric Mezar and Stevie S. They're the Lamborghini Huracan drivers. John Hartson and Ollie Hancock in the number 50 Ferrari will be seventh in the championship heading to rounds three and four. And I think you're right in the rain starting to ease a little bit, but this rain set in for the rest of this evening, which is going to mean the off-track areas for tomorrow's European Le Mans series race could be very treacherous indeed. We've been delivered a, a very entertaining two hours then for round two of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Plenty more racing to come this year with rounds at Barcelona, Spa and the Algarve. But it's to Circuit de la Sarthe we travel next with the Road to Le Mans events on Thursday and Saturday of the big race weekend. My thanks to Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com for helping me through that. So many different things that we needed to stay on top of. But congratulations to Lusik Racing with the first win in this championship and to Lannan Racing who keep their championship hunt well on track as the rain pounded down. Duncan Tappy and Mikey Benham will be going for a uh, well-deserved cup of coffee now to try and heat up. Not quite the weather you expect coming to Italy. It'll be much more like it tomorrow, though, for the ELMS. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to be around for tomorrow's ELMS race, which is a 12-midday local start. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.